Hola, Fright Zonians. This is Hogan, co-host of the Fright Zone and accidental TikTok influencer. I wanted to let you know that you might notice a difference in the audio quality of this episode of the Fright Zone. We had some technical difficulties with my audio due to me participating via Zoom on the account I was in New York City with my new friend Jimmy Kimmel. Just kidding. There was a cable not plugged in all the way. But we fixed the issue and it won't happen again. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Fright Zone. I'm Greg. I'm Nate. I'm Hogan. On this very special 10th episode of the Fright Zone, we're doing something a little different and talking about a brand new film, Psycho Gorman. It's the heartwarming tale of a bloodthirsty monster hellbent on galactic conquest and the unlikely friendship he forms with a couple of brainless meat children. <laughs> <laughs> Great line. <laughs> the, the copyright on this is uh, 2020, but the movie didn't drop until 2021. Um, so I, I was kind of torn what year to say it's actually from. Is that because it was going to have a theatrical release and then that got fucked up? I would assume so. Because I saw that Shudder released it with RLJE Films. Yeah. So I didn't know if like they were planning on doing it as a premiere on their thing. or if I, Do Shudder movies, do they come out in theaters? Have no. they come out in theaters? I, maybe Previous like in, not here in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably like the Alamo or someplace oh, cool. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's why I was torn. I mean, I looked at like the Blu-ray came out in February. It uh, it set the uh, stream exclusively on Shutter in May, so it's like it feels like it's more appropriate to say it's a 2021 film than a 2020 film. Yeah, you know. But I don't know. But uh, I had a question about the trailers. Did you guys watch the trailers on the disc yeah. the first time? I know that we watched it together, but I yeah. didn't know if you guys watched it afterwards. I actually think uh, a lot of the shows are like, I'm like, I'd watch this. I've heard mixed things. Like some people say it's good. Some people say it's bad. But about that Sam Elliott movie. The man the, who killed Hitler the and, then Hitler Bigfoot. and then Bigfoot. That's a great title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. But it, I'm wondering if it's like a snakes in the plane situation. You know? Yeah. Like, is that all you're getting? The trailer looked cool. It's like a dude who killed Hitler. So they like, but they found that there's a virus because of Bigfoot. So I hired him to go hunt down Bigfoot. Like, right. that sounds awesome. Yeah. Emily and I are going to watch it because she's like sexually attracted to Sam Elliott, I think. That's like her John Saxon. Yeah, she would say that she just <laughs> likes his voice, but totally I think that the voice brings something alive in her. A whap. Yes. <laughs> and, I, you know, he's great. He's, he's also in Roadhouse, <clears throat> which we mentioned last time. <laughs> uh, so, uh, this, so this film's from uh, writer-director, special uh, effects maestro Steve Kostansky? I, I think that's that how you say it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, director of The Void, Manborg, and uh, Leprechaun Returns, which I very recently on St. Patrick's Day was like, I don't give a fuck about Leprechaun Returns. I don't want to see that movie. Now I want to it see it. It doesn't have Warwick Davis. Okay, now I'm in. And I think Warwick Davis couldn't do it because of health problems. I don't know. I thought, but I, I read an interview where he said he didn't do it because he has kids now and he doesn't feel it's appropriate. That's oh. It's like, come on, Warwick. Come on. I thought you were going to say you had seen it. Good. He also was. He also wrote that movie from 2011, Father's Day. Yeah, he did mm -hmm. special effects for the It movies. Yeah, um, he worked on the Hannibal TV show for 12 episodes, and he was involved in the special effects for Silent Hill, Capote, mm -hmm. Pacific Rim, and for some reason he was on the thanks list for Mandy, which I'm guessing he supplied some blood or something. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he yeah. also. Like as far as like high profile stuff like it, he also did effects in um, DC Suicide Squad, which you know. Uh, but of note for Hogan, he did some special effects on Star Trek Discovery. Oh, perfect! You Trekkie, uh, and he's part of the Astron Six, which is like a Canadian production company that made most of those movies that like my, sure. like Manborg and Father's Day and all. And that. that's where like the actress Mimi's a Canadian actress. Yep, Luke's an act. I think these are all Canadian actresses and actors. 
Do you say that now? Can you say actress and actors? Or are oh, they all actors? Say, can you say Canadians? I was like, I'm pretty sure you can say that. I don't yeah, think Canadians can... are. That's an offensive I, word. I, not yet. It <laughs> will look, be. maybe. Give it know. time <laughs> and saying Canadians somehow will be offensive. Hey, you take off, eh, you hoser? But I've just noticed that when I listen to some other stuff, they just say actor. They never say actress. And is that offensive? Please write in and let us know. Let us know using the contact <laughs> form that's now available on the Fright Zone website, thefrightzone.com. You can send us an email. Send us some emails. So I was confused then. Is this like, it's a Canadian film then, right? Essentially, yes. Yes. Okay. Because all I could find is that it was filmed in Canada. Or in Canada? Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Maybe that's the, we... new, the new PC word for Canadians. Canadians? Yeah. Oh. Uh... Yeah, because... Uh, I listened to an interview with Nita Josie Hanna. Is that how you say it? <laughs> Those Canadians have Josie. such weird names. Nita Jose Hanna. <laughs> but it's her first movie. She, her mom found a call-in thing on Facebook and sent some commercial or something to the director, and then they called her in and had her fly out to try out for it. She's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'll, before we get into it, like, I love this cast. There's like no, I wouldn't change anything. I think the cast is stellar. I love it more now. I hated the dad the first time. Really? And really? the second time, I thought he was hilarious. <laughs> oh, okay. But it's because I'm a dad and uh. I have kids and I do so much for my children <laughs> and I am not lazy <laughs> that seeing someone be lazy in that role begs the question as to why in the fuck did you have kids? You know, but have you ever made a chicken dinner in the microwave for yeah, your you? Yeah, never, you've never a... not wanted to shovel the driveway and hurt your hand just so you could go lay down. Yeah, I mean, I've wanted to, but I've never done it, and I don't use the microwave unless I have to. But you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> the single tear should have come down. They glaze uh, over though. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna jump into it. Um, so the. Opening crawl, we learn about a nameless evil that amassed power beyond measure and reigned supreme on the planet Gygax. The evil planned to conquer the galaxy, but before he could, he was stopped by the forces of light and imprisoned in a place far beyond reach. Cut to a little planet called Earth, a planet that I'm very familiar with, and I think you and the listeners are also very familiar with. More familiar than I am Gygax. <laughs> it looks cool, though. Gygax seems like a cool place. Yeah. So and the narrator, Greg, I don't know if you saw this, Kenneth Welsh? He, yeah, he's in the void. Yeah. Wyndham Merle, though, also from Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. Super cool. And they do it like a scroll. Not It's not floating away, but it's very Star Wars-esque. There's love a lot scroll. of things that are. There's a lot of Star Wars love in this, but you know I'm your, your guy Greg's all yes. in on that. By the way, thanks for that Death Star rug again. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You just stomp all over it. <laughs> oh, I'll put it over there. Wipe, wipe your feet on Darth Vader's greatest achievement. Well, it's actually uh, Palpatine's greatest achievement. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Palpatine is the Hordak of the Star Wars universe, and Vader's the Skeletor, if you will. Okay. Has kind of a tragic fate. Keldor's story's kind of tragic, like Anakin's. Yeah, I mean, it you is. Know. Right. <laughs> like, as in we had to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Earth, and we meet the siblings Mimi, played by, what's her name again, Nate? Nita... Jose, Josie? I think it's Josie. I think dude. it's Josie. <laughs> There's two E's. It's J O S. That's how they do it in Canada. We'll just call her Nita Hannah. <laughs> Nita Hannah. And her brother Luke, played by Owen Meyer, uh, who has been in a few short films, but nothing I've ever seen. And they're playing a wacky game they made up called Crazy Ball. 
which is based on the director is really into Calvin and Hobbes. And if you read the Calvin and Hobbes ah. comics, they're always playing weird, nonsensical games that no one understands. So this is his little nice. ho- uh, nice. homage to Calvin and Hobbes. Which I think I was just like part of being a kid. I remember making up random shit. Oh, yeah. You know? I remember I at one point thought that I was going to become an extreme pogo stick person. Like that that was <laughs> I was going to create that because I was really into like skateboarding and rollerblading and stuff. Oh yeah. And then I got a pogo stick and I started to figure out how you could like spin it and land back on it. And I was like, oh starting to do stalls. I was like, if you landed just right, maybe you could do a handrail. And it never excelled past like be like having two days of obsessive, like, I'm going to be an extreme pogo stick guy in the backyard. I was, like, eight. That's so <laughs> awesome. It never right, happened. Right, right by anyway. my house, we used to have this, uh, this like, prairie grass field. And bringing it back to the last episode, I remember right after we watched, a buddy of mine watched Sniper, we went out <laughs> the to Tom the Berger field movie? and pretended to be, like, fucking Tom Berenger and Billy Zane and Sniper. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice. tied fucking tall grass to our... Our jackets and shit. Were you Tom or were you Billy? I don't know that there was ever really a, you know, a who's who, but it was like, all right, you go to that side of the field and I'll stay over here and we'll see who can sneak up on the other. See, I was at the park with my kid yesterday and this other kid just decided he was going to start playing with Freddy and he started doing like this weird kind of like <laughs> gun thing. Like he would point his fingers at Freddy and go bang, bang, bang. And then that meant that he had to go to the jail or something. It's like, <laughs> you don't go to jail when you've been shot to death. You go kid. to prison. <laughs> and then Freddy was climbing up the You're ladder. You're playing wrong, kid. <laughs> I'm not going to be a good playground dad because then Freddy starts climbing this ladder and the kid jumps up to pull him down. And Freddy was just strong enough to like not have him fall and like hit his chin four times on the way down. I, was, I just stood up and I go, kid. You're not going to want to do that. <laughs> and I saw the kid's grandpa go, uh, come over here. <laughs> like, I straight up threatened that kid. And you I, describing I, that started sounding like a scene from Tango and Cash. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to want to back away. So you're Kurt Russell in that situation then? Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. I don't know if you saw my cool Tango and Cash button. I saw I it did. on your Instagram story, but, but in I'm not seeing it in person, real life. Dude, it's so IRL. Cool. Look at this thing. Holy fuck. That's cool. Nice. Rad. Yeah, I was like twelve dollars shipped. Fuck yeah! If there's any celebrity I could ever meet in real life and like hang out with, it's Kurt Russell. I don't think this has come up on this podcast at all yet. Like the celebrity you'd want to most hang out with if you could hang out with any celebrity, Fred Williamson. Cool. I think he would be, except for dead ones like Robert Forrester would be up there too. But Fred Williamson, I think, is who I'm going to go with. You just ask him four thousand questions about vigilante. I just want to hear him <laughs> talk. I don't think I'd even ask him any questions. <laughs> Like, I just want to go to a dive bar, talk at me, sir. have a cocktail with him, and just be like, so uh, what was like the summer of 1984 like in Italy or something? You know, <laughs> like when you were filming Black Cobra 2, what was the most re- memorable scene? Dude, a buddy of mine went to, uh, went to Cannes Film Festival a couple years ago, and he was telling me, he went out, him and his wife went out to dinner, and he's like, I had way too many glasses of wine at dinner, and we started going back to the hotel. He's like, as I'm walking up to the hotel... There's this guy leaning up against the wall smoking a cigarette. He's in his fucking Kurt Russell. Oh. And he's like, and this dude loves Kurt Russell. He goes, man, I was so nervous. My wife's like, no, go for it. Go say hello. And he's like, I walked up to him and I was like, Mr. Douglas. <laughs> and he was so fucking hammered that he called this dude Kirk Douglas instead of Kurt Russell. And he said, Kurt just looked at him and went, and walked inside. That's the one chance you had. 
And you fucked it up. Blew it. What a bitch that would be, though. I would feel like I would have to fucking punch myself in the face for doing something that fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. The worst celebrity interaction I ever had. So, like, Freddie was born. I'd been up for, like, a day and a half, two days straight. And John Waters was doing a talk over at Hoyt Sherman. I looked at that. And I... Was it a few years ago? Yeah. I mean, it would have been six years ago. Almost seven. I'm waiting in line. Somehow I get, like, at the back of the line, there's, like, one person behind me. And this there's, like, uh, over 100 people waiting for his autograph and to buy his book. And the guy in front of me had like a fake leg and he laid it up on the table and got it signed and it was like, you know, whatever. And then I'm delirious and I'm just like, I give him the book and I think to myself like, oh, I'm a dad now. Like I should have him sign it to Freddie. But I said, Frederick. And he said, how do you spell that? And I didn't know. (laughs) And I'm like, I go F R E. And John Waters looks at me, goes, I think there's still time to back out if you want to. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know, like, eh, whatever. So he misspelled Frederick in the book. It is signed to Frederick, but it's spelled really weird. There's like a bunch of extra E's in there or something. <laughs> and then the guy behind me, the guy behind me had his camera and he's like, oh, Mr. Waters, like, do you want to do some like, you know, crazy pictures in the bathroom? I've got this Ronald Reagan mask. He like just broadsided him with this idea. And somehow I got involved in that where like, <laughs> I'm standing next to John Waters in a Ronald Reagan mask at the table. And then the, so he wouldn't go take the pictures in the bathroom. He's like, fuck, I'm not doing a photo shoot right now. Yeah. Like I've been here all night and I'm, and, and so I stand in there and I'm like, this is dumb. Give him the mask back. And then this dude emails me a picture that he photoshopped a bathroom behind us. <laughs> and it's just like someone in a Ronald Reagan mask. It's me. You'd never know. Except that I'm wearing a sick Judas priest painkiller shirt. But anyway, fuck, that was a weird night. And then I went, just went back, like, feeling all defeated to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> After a really funny night, he was great. Somewhere in between, like, stand-up comedy and, like, a spoken word. And, I don't know, you guys were there. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, crazy ball. So they finished the game of crazy ball. Um, uh, and uh, Luke ends up losing because... Oh, I'll backtrack. So Luke loses the game of Crazy Ball after the balls collide, and his sister punches him in the stomach, which they call a switcheroo. Which means you get all the opponent's points plus one. And <laughs> and you have to dig a hole? The winner the is... The punishment, cha- yeah. The, the winner is champion of the universe, and if you lose, you're buried alive. <laughs> so they fast forward a few hours later, and uh, Luke has dug a insanely large hole. I yeah. don't think I could do as a grown man, let alone if you're a small child. Which no. how old do you think they're supposed to be in this? Like eight, nine? What would you guess? I was going to say Ten-ish. probably close to like their actual age. It's like I yeah. think she's eleven in real okay. life. In real life when they did this she was twelve and now she's thirteen. Okay. But I mean that's a big fucking hole. That thing's <laughs> at least like five feet deep. So he's digging and he he hits something hard in the soil and they uh so they take a look at it, and it looks like some type of weird artifact that could be in like an Indiana Jones movie or something. I thought it looked a lot like the amulet from the Monster Squad, except totally pink. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like this glowing gem that's in this like weird stone thing. And then uh, <laughs> I love Luke goes, "Is this a coffin? Is this where they buried Grandma?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, she says, "I think we woke up Grandma." Oh, that's later. Yeah. when they're knocking. So M- Mimi jumps in the hole and she does some eeny, meeny, miny, mo kind of action and gets the glowing pink gem out of the ancient stone. 
and a big glowing light like shoots the fuck out of that that uh stone and the kids panic and they start throwing all the dirt back in on top of it um then their mom comes out and tells them it's nine o'clock which is bedtime what happens at nine (laughs) o'clock they go (laughs) those kids know of course they do uh then we get to meet their parents who are awesome uh greg is the dad played by adam brooks um who you would know from the editor and Manborg. Um, and Susan, mom, played by Alexis Kara Hansi, who has just been in a few shorts, nothing that I was familiar with. This is where I'm surprised you didn't like the dad at first. This is like the moment I realized I love this. Oh, movie. yeah. I think we were talking more during this part, and I didn't catch some of this oh. when we first watched it. So I think some of this dialogue, I heard more of his stuff. Because I wasn't just being like, fuck this guy. This guy's an asshole. Like, <laughs> while he's saying things that are funny. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, the parents are tucking Luke in, and he asks them if monsters are real. And the dad tells him, in a lot of ways, humans are the real monsters. <laughs> so, so I'd yes. say yes. <laughs> yeah. What's with all this monster talk tonight? And they, uh, yeah, they notice a cut on Luke's forehead, and, you know, they talk about Crazy Ball. So then when they're tucking Mimi in, they basically tell her to be nicer to her bro. To which she says, check the tapes. Luke sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she also asked if the monsters are real, which is where you get your uh, saw the monster talk. Oh yeah, and, uh, and then there's this thing that takes a long time to pay off, but where they, the parents put him to bed, and they're kind of like, you know, and it's not uh, what's it called? Uh, it's like Morse, Morse code. Morse code, where they're it's talking like, to each other, and what they're saying is, it's like. Luke says to Mimi, I think we woke up Grandma. Oh, her response is incredible. I told you Grandma is in hell forever, which is (laughs) fucking awesome. And then the mom chimes in and knocks and says, like, you know, shut up, go to sleep. This is one thing that I wish, I feel like they teed it up really well, and I feel like it could have gone throughout the movie a little bit more. Because I like the idea. The Grandma jokes? Yeah, well, no, of them all communicating. Oh, yeah. They could have used that in some way that is beneficial to their survival. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's something that you would have seen, like, in any, like, almost 80s movie. You know, like, totally. In some kind of weird way. Uh, Oh, yeah. So the reason they were knocking the walls and saying, you know, I think we woke up Grandma is the kids wake up and look out the window. There's this, like, glowing pink light coming out of the the hole that they put all the soil back in. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we see the hand burst out of the soil. And uh, then we cut to the old shoe factory. Yeah. There's some thugs who are all named Chad, uh, and they're talking about their most recent robbery. And this is when we're introduced to the monster, who as of now has no name. Well, first, the, there's like the scene where the leader guy is like, what the fuck did you grab this for? And he's holding a VCR. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? Nobody's going to buy this thing. And he smashes the VCR to pieces. And then he picks up the camera and he's like, it's dark in there. I didn't know. He's like, it's a good looking frame. And he's like, now it's nothing. And he throws the mirror and frame, uh, not mirror, but the frame and picture behind him and PG for short catches it. And at first he's kind of making this like, like he's trying to discern, how to speak, and then as, the second he hears them communicating, he's like, what's he say? A variation of the Ironian tongue. Yeah. How primitive. Yeah. <laughs> Before he just, like, fucking chucks Homeboy across into, like, one of those metal support beams head first, 
and then he runs over to the other <laughs> two dudes and just rips both heads off, double decapitation simultaneously. It's, it says, awesome. Perhaps yeah. in a few millennia you'll make worthy adversaries, but not today. <laughs> but not today. Oh, and we'll call out uh, PG as played by two people. Yeah. Um, in the suit, we have Matthew Nienaber, and uh, the voice is Stephen Vlaos. Who also did try out to wear the suit, but... They're he, like, no, sir. <laughs> they didn't think he had the right build, and then they really liked the build of the Matthew Nienaber guy. I think that the Stephen Vlahos guy got off easy, because apparently it was a fucking nightmare, yeah. literally wearing that One suit. One piece. Yeah. So it's just a sweat yeah, box. At oh, yeah. I've had, yeah, I think if you're signing up to be in a you know a latex suit in any horror flick, I mean, you're going to be in for a world of hurt. No way for your sweat to escape. The, the you only know, your skin eventually gets irritated by all the glue and crap they put on you too. Right. Like eventually your body starts kind of rejecting the process and like, but I dig they went that route with the two people. Cause again, star Wars style, that's very much like Darth Vader. For you sure. Know, where you have David Prowse in the suit and you have James Earl Jones doing the voice. As opposed I think to that's like, cool. Hello governor. I'm yeah. Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> We're part of the rebel alliance and a traitor. Bloody hell. Is that the death star? <laughs> making up that? Um, that's not the, the dialogue. Uh, one of the things in this scene that I like too that I knew we were in for a cool ride is immediately one of those fucking dudes uh, like one of the, the robbers or whatever was like 85 years old and he goes I hurt my hand goes, I think I sprained my wrist clocking that old geese <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's like dude you're 100 yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like when he goes up to the last so he rips the heads off the two dudes and then he walks up to the guy that he threw into that beam and the guy's like I don't want to die. And he's like, didn't live forever. <laughs> and he like puts this dude in suspended animation. And he's just like stuck there. And his eyes are spinning around his head and shit. It yeah. is so fucking cool. Yeah. He's just stuck in some sort of nightmare realm. <laughs> so good. And, uh, oh yeah. So like, uh, I'll acknowledge that, that we, yeah, we watched this one together. So after we recorded the last episode, um, we decided to watch this movie because it came in the, I'd got it in the mail. So all three of us watched it and it, I think it's the first movie we've done on this podcast where we we're all watching it together. It's the first, first time for, for all sure, of us. Yeah. And we were just yep. like, I mean, we laughed through pretty much the whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, this movie is a party if you're, I uh, mean, the next day I'm pretty sure we all ordered the soundtrack yep. and the ones that you're didn't welcome, have Ransworth. the movie, <laughs> we, we ordered the movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I dropped some loot the next day. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it is good. Um, yeah, Waxworks Records has the LP for pre-order right now. I'd just buy it if I were you. I was bummed out that the uh, the bed sheets for the twin mattress were sold out. Oh, bummer. Yeah, I yeah, I immediately went out. onto the website, the Plastic Meatball site, and was like looking at all the merch they have. That was gone. Toothbrushes were gone. Like I, I was ready to go yeah. all in on on like, all the PG merch. I got PG fever over here. I wonder if they'll continue <laughs> the toy line or if they'll just do that first run. I hope that they, they have a list of the figures that are coming soon. Right. And like uh Brain Alistair's on there, Tube Man's on there. Um they they say they're making a shoe factory playset. Like they do I'm all That's in fun. on this line if it happens, but uh but yeah. So after <laughs> the monster design's just absolutely wonderful in this movie. Um the writer director said he uh, always thought of it as being uh Molasar from the keep. Like when he was writing it, he he like he envisioned like how fun it'd be if Molasar from the Keep had to like do the bidding of these these bratty kids. Yeah, and like and he said that just made him laugh as he's writing the script. So For that's sure. pretty cool. Um, and he mentioned that the uh, the color palette of PG was inspired by the old Kenner Alien toy line from the early '90s, which 
you know, I'm into those. Yeah. Um, and uh, specifically the Gorilla Alien toy, if you remember that one that had like metallic, like blue lining on it and stuff. Yeah. So I think that's cool. It's cool. Like, so that's really fun about this movie is you can tell it's made by someone that is like one of us. Like it's it, the person who made this loves the same shit we do. Yeah. You know, like it's super, super apparent when you're watching the movie. I guess how they did the pink lines in his head and stuff was like an iridescent paint and then they would shine a light on it. It's like a fucking so black that, light. Yeah. Just yeah. Off screen. <laughs> so, so like you couldn't see it that well when you were like in the scene, but it showed up really well in the movie because the guy's like a special effects genius. Oh, it's awesome. And a lot of the creatures in it he did is he sort of like, he liked the idea of the toy lines from the eighties where they came yeah. up with a successful toy line that took off. And then they tried to create a story where all these characters would <laughs> like interact that, like master. That, that yeah. He-Man platform. Yeah. 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 And uh, so he wanted the characters to feel like that, where it's like, maybe they seem off or like not fully thought through, even though they are. Oh yeah. He still wanted it to feel like a little strange and it definitely does for certain characters that come up later well yeah i mean there's a whole host of um monsters and creatures we haven't got to yet or i mean for the listeners listening to this i know this movie is pretty new so um i mean spoiler territory is obviously a little little thicker in this episode than other others but um it's it's worth the ride like you gotta check out this flick like nate mentioned this director is a special effects genius but uh i'm gonna shout out the other people involved making it uh he took advantage of the masters fx studio in toronto um, so there it's a studio that's ran by, uh, Todd masters who did special effects works on slither and the remake of child's play. And, uh, although that gentleman didn't specifically do any effects for this movie, his, uh, studio is what the director utilized for like his crew to build the stuff with him. Sure. Cause obviously yeah. he didn't build every single suit by himself. So no. how long would it have taken one man? It's like woman he's like <laughs> to build all those fucking suits. It's like, like I've been building these since I was eight years old. Another thing yeah. that's kind of cool about this film too is like the entire thing's independently funded by this dude's friends. Yeah, that's why it's so fucking good. Yeah. No one to like get in the way. No yes man. No you know. No one to say this no might suits. not work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, this would look rare CGI. You know, I mean, yeah, none yeah. of that shit. So out of all the films he had, this is the first one where he really tried to rein it in as far as like, what can I do with the budget that I have? Yeah, you know, and he really tried to execute it. It's great. I mean, can we still get Corey Haim to play Luke? Um, <laughs> sir, he killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Corey Feldman? <laughs> He's too old. Should have killed himself. <laughs> Go for it. Um, what a sorry, Corey. I do like a lot of your work. Feldog. Feldog. Yeah. Meatballs 4. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. So there's a crater. It cuts to the crater in the backyard, which reminded me of The Gate, one of my favorite 80s horror movies. Yes. And, uh, you know, the little creatures, too, if you think about them as being hum- regular human size, don't look that much different than PG. Oh. Um, but it, that that really reminded me of it. It's kind of like there's this hole in the backyard, and the, there's a great scene where the dad, like, compliments Luke for digging. He's like, I have a really good hole. <laughs> and... Then the mom says, "Like, what? What do you think could happen here?" And the dad, what's the dad say? No, she, she, she goes, "Well, it looks like probably a raccoon." Or well, first, first, claw marks. Yeah, they're like huge. He thinks it's a fucking hobo. He's like, "Oh, it's probably some some wino that tried to jump over the hole." Thinking he was Superman. No, it's a raccoon. He goes, "That doesn't make any damn sense." (laughs) What he says specifically, he goes, "If I had to guess, 
I'd say some wino was on his way home from a bender last night, thought he could evil Knievel over his hole and fell in. <laughs> what else could it be, really? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what else? Uh, Couldn't be anything else. Then they argue over who's going to dig the, who's going to fill the hole back in. And they all vote that dad does it. And so Greg picks up a shovel and with one single dig, he fucks up his wrist. <laughs> oh, my wrist. And at first yeah. we thought yeah, he we, was kidding. He's kidding. Just to get out of the work. Oh, yeah. But I, he's I, injured. Was he not? I don't know. Or is he just that big of a pussy? I don't know. Later, later <laughs> I mean, when he high fives at the end, uh, at the very PG end, there's a good and his end. arm fucking breaks. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I mean, his bone sticks out. Like, well, the he, rest of the movie, like after the scene, he has a cast on it. Right. <laughs> which is yeah. so good. But he's always doing stuff with the hand, which is why it seems like is he just right. Yeah. That's why I felt yeah. like lazy. Just, I felt like he was just a piece of shit the entire time. Oh, maybe he is. I maybe he's just bruised. Lazy. Maybe that was like the punishment where he fucking actually breaks his wrist for real, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to drive me to the hospital right now. It's just so he has a continual <laughs> uh, injury. So then they're walking to school. Yeah, the kids are going to school, and Luke thinks they should uh, go to the cops about whatever came out of the ground. But Mimi says, I don't trust cops. Not one bit. Yeah. <laughs> and this conversation, even though it's laid on pretty thick prior to this, is where they really establish that Mimi is the leader of oh, yeah. the family. Like she's her the alpha. will is what makes that uh, the not the family dynamic work, but she run, she runs everything. So she she's was, kind she of the top the dog. She's she, the favorite. She's she's, yeah. the, she's the PG of her house yes. where he is of the universe. Well, even in that uh when they're putting her to bed too, if you look around the room, there's like all these weird crayon drawings on the wall and shit of like people being stabbed and stuff like all these yeah. bizarre things. And she's talking about like, if monsters come to the house, like, can you make sure they kill Luke first? Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, like she just, you know, and the dad says, okay. He's, yeah. he's like, he's like harsh, he's like, That's but, harsh okay. but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this um, is also where she shows interest in Alistair. I love who Alistair. Is friends with her brother. Give us a spin. Hunky boy. Yeah, yeah. dude. He shows up. And, and I, I, first of all, I like they talk about, Hey man, you finished Rage Master '64. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Like nine. I think this movie's supposed to be in the '90s. Feels like like it. the vibe of it. Um, no one has cell phones or anything. Uh, but then, yeah, Mimi clearly has the hots for him. She compliments his outfit, and and she says, "Why don't you give us a spin, hunky boy?" And yeah. he goes, "Uh, no thanks, <laughs> no thanks." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hunky boys. And then it cuts the night and the two uh, are following the muddy footprints from their backyard all the way to the shoe factory where they meet the monster from the backyard. Back um, at the shoe factory. Yes. And he threatens the kids. Um, oh, first, he yeah, says, it's awesome. Is that fear I smell? Oh, I thought you were How gonna say, sweet. nobody ever died from making shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I heard someone died here when it was the shoe factory. She's like, no one ever died from making shoes, you wiener. Or whatever she calls him. And then after I wrote down, is that fear I smell? I wrote, I can't possibly write all the amazing dialogue that PG says throughout the movie. It, it's true. Uh, I Everything the same he says is fucking notes. gold. It is. Um, it's like something like we kept laughing at when we we're watching it. And it's like, I feel like it's almost hard to explain how funny this movie is unless you just really love these genre films. But it's like the dialogue is incredible. It's so good because like he everything he says could just be in some crazy weird horror movie where he is just murdering everyone and yeah. stuff. But like he, he is so himself. dark. 
as the Archduke of Nightmare. Yes, because yes. they ask for his name, and he's like, I have no name, but some have called me the Archduke of Nightmares. I don't see how that's better than the Archduke <laughs> of Nightmares. <laughs> what did she say? The Dark Lord of Merciless Smooches? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's... Uh, uh, my favorite one is Manosaurus Flex. When they're na- trying to name him? <laughs> oh, we'll get there. So, like, he's getting ready to ice these kids, and uh, Luke notices that there's this, the gem that they found in, you know, the backyard is in Mimi's pocket and it's glowing. So Mimi pulls out of her pocket and the monster immediately reacts. He's like, the gem of Praxdice. This cannot be. And she says, believe it, Buster. Yeah. Um, and we found whoever holds the gem is known as the Gemina One and they control PG. Um, the first thing she does is have PG pick her brother up and, and spin, spin him around, around a bunch, which <laughs> seems really dangerous. She puts him in danger a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, then she puts... <laughs> what if she, he doesn't hesitate? He can make people explode by snapping his fingers, basically. Turning into a big brain blob. Yeah, right. like, why when he goes to it's attack It's definitely Luke, a he... fucking gamble by telling this dude to pick up your brother and spin yeah. him around. Well, I like why she's doing it. The monster then directs her their attention to the thug that uh, he spent in animation earlier. <laughs> That's still when you really see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he uh, he sets Luke down. He's all dizzy. He's stumbling around. And PG's talking. He goes, this is but a small example of what I'm capable of. His eternal pain will take his mind beyond the furthest reaches of madness, preserved in an endless state of. And then Luke bumps into him and he just falls around and splatters everywhere yeah. into this beautiful, gory Hellraiser-y mess. looking thing where you can just see his like lips that are cut <laughs> yeah. out on top of the pile of meat. And it and, says, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, PG goes, no, he was my masterpiece. <laughs> but yeah, that's when Mimi's like, do you have a name, Monster Man? And he's like, my enemies sometimes refer to me as the Archduke of Nightmares. And she goes, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then they uh, they begin workshopping various names for the Archduke, um, which some of those gold, gold names that you uh, mentioned there. And uh, but all the while they're doing this, they're subjecting the monotonous tasks like running in place, clapping his hands. Um, but yeah, at one point Mimi suggests the Dark Lord of Smooches, yeah. uh, uh, to which he responds, "I will never accept such a title." <laughs> and they eventually land on Psycho Gorman, which you know he says that's. <laughs> I don't see how that's better than the Archduke of Nightmares. <laughs> yeah, which it isn't better. Oh, it's so good, man. And then they try to tell him a knock-knock joke, and he has no idea what the fuck a knock-knock joke is, so he just stands there and looks at him. Have you succumbed to madness already? (laughs) (laughs) Is what he says when she first says knock-knock. So they, yeah, so they end up, uh, she ends up just basically telling him to remain at the shoe factory and sit there and wait for them to come back tomorrow. So So, you wait over there and try to think of a way to be cool or something. He looks so defeated. He's just like, the sight of this horrific monster man just reduced to just you know i don't think he's used to people just being like who gives a shit towards him yeah you know? he's like, oh yeah like they're not scared or threatened by him for whatever reason it's so good uh so then outside the just outside the shoe factory the siblings have a brief discussion um mimi's excited about their new companion she wants to take him around town show him off she thinks he'll make her the coolest kid in school and luke understandably is like that's not a good <laughs> idea a fucking yeah, terrible you can't idea. Do that. he'll kill everybody <laughs> uh then he's, we he's made that abundantly clear. I will fucking kill you all. Yeah. And she tells him, uh, like, no, it's cool. He'll do anything. He won't do anything unless I tell him to. And then she holds up the uh, gem of Paroxdice. Watch out, world. It's Mimi's time to shine. 
when it cuts to the boardroom, basically, of yes. the first round the Gygax of amazing Templar costumes. Temple. So we're on a different planet now. Yeah. We're at the plant, the plant Gygax that and was mentioned in the opening scroll. Somehow they know. I'm guessing that it unleashes some sort of signal. That pink shooting yeah. up unleashed some sort of signal that let them know that he's been freed. In the boardroom, I have written down. So there's a horned guy. We've got Brain and Jar Man. That's Tube Man. So that tube dude reminds me. I, I spent me... time researching these characters' names. I liked the ones I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> brain, and jar, brain and Jar Man. It gets better. It's tube he man. reminds me of. Doesn't he remind you a little bit of like a, like a mixture of uh, kind of like Mister Freeze and the aliens from Mars Attacks? Ah, ah. Yeah. It definitely yeah. like I don't know how many times you've seen Guar live, but it definitely seems like a bad guy from either a Guar move, movie or a Guar show where he would be like the bad guy that comes to tell Guar that he's taking over the planet or whatever. <laughs> what did you call him? Mr. Jar and head guy? He's tube man. I put brain and jar man. Brain and jar man. And okay. then I have frog town looking guy that looks like <laughs> he looks kind of like hell comes to frog town guy. Then there's a guy that looks like Sawrod from the Masters of the Universe. That character's name is Star Striker 77. Nice. That's a good name. There's Fishy Dino Dude. The, the one who like, talks the most? Yes. His yeah. name is Cortex. Okay. He's played by Matt Candy, who was the Manborg. Then there's the Mutant Turd, which I think looks kind of like if uh, someone made a turd out of a Gamorrean guard. Like, he's kind of got <laughs> yes. the teeth and stuff, but, like, it's all mutiny. I didn't know what that guy's name was. And then there's a floating robot man head. The stop animated thing? That thing's yes. fucking awesome. The, initial, really the cool. initial one who announces to the Galactic Council that the ultimate evil is awoken, the, like, little, like, robot guy, mm -hmm. that guy's name is the Judicator. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then we have Pandora, who is, like... Top dog, I think. The main... The president, if you will. And she's called it... They're called Templars. Yes. Uh, so, uh, the Judicator uh, tells him the ultimate evil is awoken, and uh, the Gygaxian Unity Accords have failed. And uh, Templar Pandora, played by Kristen McCulloch, states it's time to elect justice via the Templar Code, but there will be no trial. The verdict is, he will die by your hand. To which Cortex says, sounds like a load of superstitious nonsense to me. Oh. <laughs> And then she chokes him out, much like when Vader chokes out Admiral Mahdi she says, on the Death Star. She says, do you doubt that this is my destiny? Or yeah. Something like He's that. like, oh, it's just boys being boys. It's, I mean, yeah, that moment's super Darth Vader, you know, like when they're on the Death Star talking, like, in the little boardroom. Yeah. And the guy just, like, calls the Force a bunch of bullshit, and Vader chokes his ass out. It's, like, yeah, the same kind of thing. For sure. And this is also when she teleports... The lady onto the onto yes. the is it a ship or are they on a planet? They're in the temple yeah, on the okay. planet, so they're on a planet, and then she kind of cubes the person. It's <laughs> she like turns into a meat cube, meat cube, yes. yeah, yeah, and then smashes the meat cube and rubs it all over her face. When so, she does that, and melts. they show like the, all the aliens like <gasps> yeah. jaws drop in a the one robot one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cortex covers two man's eyes when she starts smearing the blood yeah, on her yeah. face. He's like, don't look. And he's trying to look inside like, ah, the tube. Yeah. So good. <laughs> but that that's one of the first points where you sort of establish like the who's the bad guy. Yeah. Which one's the bad guy? Is it is it Psycho Gorman or is it uh these Templar people. It's definitely Psycho Gorman. I'm yes, correct, absolutely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that like these people are also capable of evil. But they're justifying it by saying that, like, they can do this evil thing that makes it so then it's okay because they are then saving the planet. Good, just the point universe. of view, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what angle are you coming from, dude? Uh, as Anakin says in episode three, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. 
<laughs> so from there, we'll go into the woods where... Mimi, Luke, and Alistair, the hunky boy. A nice TV VCR combo. Yeah. Oh, man. They're heading to the shoe factory by way of the woods. <laughs> Says, Could somebody help me with this? And Mimi's like, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they arrive at the shoe factory, and PG's still just sitting on that milk crate that Mimi told him to sit on. <laughs> just sitting. He lunges them for a second, and she just busts out the gem, which stops him dead in his tracks. Um, and she tells PG they brought him a TV and some magazines, but she apologizes that the magazines aren't porno magazines. They're like teen beat magazines. And, uh, <laughs> she calls them skin mags or something. Yeah. I can't remember. And like, he starts looking and she's like, check out the hunky boys. And he says, I do not care for hunky boys. But then he like looks at a topless photo <laughs> of a dude named Johnny G and says, <laughs> or do I? So good. It's such a great moment. The way it zooms in on his face as he says it is so funny. Yeah. It's kind of a longing for a hunky oh, boy look. And then they, uh, Luke asks PG who he is. Yeah. Who, who are, are you? you? And he's really fucking rude to him at first. Then maybe he's like, try again. This is probably one of the best lines. Oh, he ever. says, uh, <laughs> yeah, he sits out on the couch like he's going to tell these three kids a story. And he goes, it's a tale bathed in the blood of a million dead memories. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get that crazy, epic, awesome backstory. Oh, yeah, where they show he's, like, slaving away, digging up. They, what are they digging up? They're just slaving on Gygax. Yeah, like, sometimes it <laughs> shows have, like, them, and it looks axes. like they're digging, and other times it looks like they're killing some worm creatures that are coming out <laughs> of the ground. So it's That's, like, I don't know which this one. This whole sequence is fucking awesome, though, because it's got, like, practical effects, CGI, there's stop motion going on. Like, it's incredible. so much shit going on in this story, in this story scene. Yeah, and the, oh, there's that awesome stop animation in the previous scene, too, at the council. Uh, the little floating head guy that beams in the girl from Earth that she turns yeah, into a mute yeah. cube. It's like that weird stop animated head. Yeah. It's like, there's humans on Earth, or whatever right. he says. It's like the floating... Uh, brain eyeball thing in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, totally. I thought of. There's all these callbacks to other things, and it's that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's worked for Quentin Tarantino for, like, ever. <laughs> Just, like, pulling things from other movies. Well, but again, like, I think Tarantino's kind of like this guy, where it's like, yeah, I don't it's all, it. he's I obviously, like, like one of us. Like, it's like, it's a film nerd. Like, these for are sure. movies for film nerds. Or, like, people that grew up with that shit. Like, it's, yeah. it's not... It's not like trying to be cool. It just is cool because like it has the right points of reference, you know? Right. Like there's some stuff you can say like that where it's like, oh, this is trying to be like whatever movie. Totally. But this, this somehow like, I don't know. There's a difference between homage and like ripping something off. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, and then while he's digging. Oh, yeah. He digs up the amulet the, or the gem. The of, gem of Praxdice. And <laughs> he immediately somehow knows. Just to put it Just inside, put his it body. inside of his chest, chest cavity. I love the way his like, yeah, his yeah. like little chest is like flutters around. Which is later how he gives the death of a true warrior or whatever they call that. <laughs> um, and he takes on all of the Templars. Which this whole sequence reminded me of a cross between like Slayer album covers and this awesome band Sodom. So it'd be like if the Sodom album covers and the Slayer ones mated and made this scene. He's like standing on a like a pile of bodies. Isn't just holding like yeah. half of a corpse that's still moving around. Yeah. yeah, dude. It's just like a montage of him slaughtering tons of people. And then it, like he kills all the Templars and he's like, but I didn't stop there. My bloodthirst continued. And it shows him just like, you know, conquesting planets like and the shit. The only way he could quench his bloodlust yes. is by destroying the universe. But then we see him get imprisoned by Pandora, the Templar from the Galactic Council scene. Mm -hmm. um, right when the scene, like when this was happening, Nate, like in the moment you're like, 
oh man, this could all just be a metal album. Yeah. Like, like all of this, <laughs> yeah. all of this. Like you were so hyped. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but then immediately the story's interrupted and uh, Mimi goes, well, that boring dumb story made me tired. Or no, she <laughs> spits out a candy. Oh yeah. And then they're like, what? Candy tasted weird. <laughs> she puts in another one. But yeah, then she says it's boring. Uh, and then Alistair gets the TV working and the kids leave. And uh, Alistair's like, it was nice meeting you. Yeah, so like it'd be better if you were dead. <laughs> or, or, what do you say? He says, "Have a nice night." He's he like, "Nice lot, meeting you." It'd be a lot nicer if you were dead. That's what it is. It'd be a lot nicer if you were dead. And then as soon as they leave, PG uses his dark powers to utilize the TV as a way to send a message out to the Paladins of Sidian, which is his old squad from back in the day. Did you say something to the effect like he's being? Held captive by two brainless meat children. Yes, yeah, this is, that's yeah. the meat children. He, he, he learned, yeah, he's like learned them that the masters awoken. The gem has been taken by two brainless meat children. Worthless, right? Or is it brainless? Maybe both. Okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> They're meat children for sure, though. Yes. And then the TV starts bleeding, like, you know, yeah. like, uh, fuck, what's that movie? Is that The Burning? Where the walls bleed in the house? I don't remember. Fuck, I don't know. Not The Burning. The Burning's not, a not slasher burning, movie. Yeah. Which also later one of Greg's best lines like this TV won't stop bleeding. Oh yeah, no burnt offerings. That's what I was thinking. Of. It's offerings. like burnt offerings, yeah. like all the walls bleed. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This TV won't, this won't, stop, TV won't stop bleeding. <laughs> and he says it so like huh. he's, he's like matter of fact. He's like, well this. Yeah. But he's, he goes, well this TV won't stop bleeding. Yeah. It just <laughs> like just something that just happens. But it's so funny. It's just dude. one of those TVs that won't stop bleeding. But just like it's just normal monster. Like, everything in this movie is just so cool. Yeah, totally. Like I'm gonna touch the TV to talk to my alien homies from outer space, and let's just fucking make the TV bleak because it's cool. Like shit in this movie just happens just because it's cool. Yeah, it's like how's he gonna communicate? Oh, here we go. TV. Let's touch a TV and yeah. make it bleed. You know, it makes sense. <laughs> totally. So we got, they got the three kids having dinner at uh, Mimi and Luke's place, and uh, the dinner was prepared by their dad. First off, they say, "What have you been doing?" And they say, we were oh. playing guns in the forest. <laughs> and to this, they're just like, oh, okay. Well, the dad then talks about, I, I didn't, I forgot, I didn't make a note of that. The he dad goes, said the thing Back about, when I was in the army, we used to play guns all the time, except it was called the Iraq War. And we, we played, played for keys. keys. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't let him fool you that he never shot a gun in his life. The mom totally calls his ass out. <laughs> but then he gets all sad about it. I can't tell, yeah. like, like, if she's just trying to, like, like, is he making that up? I don't know. Or is she trying to play it down for the kids? Like, oh, he didn't kill anyone. And that's why movie, he's so weird, because he has, like, weird PTSD or something. The entire movie, yeah. I don't know what to fucking think about this dude. You know? <laughs> it's so like, I don't know. Is he a piece of shit? Does he really have PTSD? <laughs> like, what's going on here? I think he's lazy, but he's non-threatening, so he's able to hang around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's just like, yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> my daughter likes him. Like, but they're all complaining about the chicken because it's too tough. And <laughs> I love oh. the dad goes, the microwave will do that, but it sure brings out the. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, and then Mimi's yeah, Mimi's just trying to get Alistair to hang with her instead of Luke, um, but he just wants to play some vids with Luke. And, and in the I, end, she finished my delicious chicken. And isn't is that what really matters? <laughs> and they cut to a shot of the chicken; it hasn't been touched at all. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice in the uh, in Luke's bedroom the the poster on the wall? There's a Manborg poster. There's a Manborg poster. Then there's a the it's called the Fireman, but what it is is it's the image of, from the burning. Uh, from yeah. the burning, yeah, yeah. And it, I noticed the, like the shears, with the, yeah, with the shears or whatever. With the hedge and clippers. I think the one next to it it was really hard to make out. 
It looked like it might have been like a spoof on Evil Dead. Hmm. But there were three of them in a row. It was hard to, it was hard to see it, though. Yeah, because that's when uh, Luke and Alistair in uh, Luke's room just slamming those video games. Um, and Mimi's seen alone outside on the swing being all bummed that Alistair doesn't want to hang with her. And she pulls the gem out of her pocket. But I, I like when Luke and Alistair are playing games, um, which I'm not, I was trying, I like video games. I was trying to figure out what they're playing. I think it might be Armored Core from the PS1. Um, I noticed there was a copy of Meet the Feebles in there. Was there? Uh, and an Iron Maiden VHS tape. Oh, and nice. a book on how to draw comics the Marvel way. Oh, I've got um, that book. It's a good book. I didn't notice that. Uh, it's sitting to the left of the TV. Next time you watch it, check okay. it out. Uh, but I love the story Alistair's telling him because it's like such a like, I remember being a kid and that kind of weird shit that you just talk about. But he's like yeah. telling Luke about how a kid at school sold a bag of pubes to another kid for $5. <laughs> he's like, What's he going to do with pubes? <laughs> like, is that crazy? <laughs> Whatever. Um, but then like Luke looks in the backyard and sees PG just like uh, walking in with like a huge thing of fog behind him. Yeah. Um, and he freaks out and goes outside and, um, but I like Mimi tells PG it took him long enough. And he goes, time is a false construct that only exists for primitive beings unable to phase into the ninth dimension. Also, I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Did we already do the like, he's like, what'd you do to the microwave, Greg? It's like, the oh, micro- microwave that- is totaled. <laughs> he goes, cooked an amazing meal for my family. Yes. I can't remember if we, I think we already talked no, about this earlier. Well, that's like, that's like right here. Cause like, so, cause, cause, uh, the kids come out. Luke and Alistair come outside. Yeah. To see why, like, like, because you know, Luke's like, you can't PG out here in the daylight, right? You know, he can't be here. Um, Artie, what are you eating? Let's take that away from that guy. Post-it notes. My dog's eating you all of Hogan's notes. That. Sorry. <laughs> that's Hogan's. That has Hogan's rating on. It. Now we can't do the episode because <laughs> my dog. We'll never <laughs> know. Um, but yeah, so the the kids are out there talking, and Mimi wants, uh, to make. PG uh, make Alistair stop being such a dork and presumably like her. Which I don't get why. Yeah, And he tells her that he once used his dark magic to help the warlord of Zetonia seduce a moon princess. (laughs) (laughs) I could do the same for you. you And she's like, sure, do it. Well, that's when Alistair is just like, "Uh, this is getting weird. I'm going home. And he tries to leave and then you don't see what PG does at first, but PG points at him. That's when you cut to inside to the mom just chewing out the dad for yeah, yeah. for the microwave because it looks like someone just fucking died in there. Yeah, it looks like in Gremlins when the mom nukes the gremlin in yes. the microwave. Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. And then he transforms Alistair into this kind of brain blob with tentacles, which I don't know how that makes him like Mimi anymore <laughs> necessarily. It's so good, or how that makes him not a dork. I think it's just <sighs> harder for him to run away from her. Maybe. All oh, right. <laughs> That's true, but so the mo- and the mom looks out the window and presumably sees you know what I like that it seems like no one reacts to Alistair he like he is this weird the creature. dad that jumps over him yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so the mom because the mom looks at him and she's like oh my god she knocks a glass off the counter it's like such a classic horror movie thing like yeah. you drop a dish or whatever and uh she runs outside with a bat and just fucking hits PG with it and the bat just splinters apart yeah and then and then uh, immediately the dad comes out and jumps over the little brain kid and he's like my lucky bat or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't he's not caring about the monster the brains any of that shit he hasn't processed it at all he just want he can't have his lucky bat be destroyed yeah you know because then he looks up he's like right next to psycho gorban and he looks up and sees him and immediately cowers of course because yeah. <laughs> he's a wimp 
Yeah. Well, he sells his wife out real quick. He's like, oh, she did it. She did it. For her. <laughs> yeah. And, and Mimi orders PG not to hurt her parents. And then she introduces him. Uh, and she tells him, don't worry. He's not going to kill you. PG's a real softy. He weren't anybody. Right, buddy? And he says, my entire existence is built on death and destruction. I will kill you both. Be worried. When I'm free of your daughter's control, I will bathe in your blood. <laughs> Which is the tagline for the movie is he will bathe in your blood. Yes. And uh, Mimi just keeps going on and on about how, what a goof PG is. But while she's talking, you can hear him behind her just keep saying, I will kill you. <laughs> he says it like just over and over and over. At and, least half a dozen. As you like, as it yeah. slowly zooms in on the parents' mortified faces. Right. It's good, man. So then we have uh, the montage. Amounts as like one of the greatest montages ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, first you can this see. This does him. start with a kid exploding, right? Yeah. Oh, sure man. Does. So, well, you see the band first. So, you got Mimi on the vocals. Because the me Okay, so the music for this montage sequence is a song that's played by the kids' band. Yeah. So, Mimi's the vocalist. Uh, Luke's on like a weird knockoff Jags thing. Um, the brain, brain Alistair is on keys and PG's on drums. Yeah. Um, which I guess was also another thing like the director thought of and it made him laugh at some point. Like the idea that like that's what the kid would use the power <laughs> for is to make this cre- creature be Play in drums. their crappy band. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, well, time to realize it. What else do we get in this montage? I mean, there's plenty of them goofing off, like walking dogs, like PG's I, walking dogs. I love when it shows her like attack. She's all dressed up for karate and she's fighting the dummy in front of Psycho mm-hmm. or P. I'll just say PG instead of saying PG for short. Because, you know, we're going to say it so many times. And then it shows him and he just got like wax the, the ball that's the head of the mannequin <laughs> off. I don't know why that made me laugh. It's so good, hard. man. Yeah, they're doing karate. There's an in-store fashion show. Yeah, the shopping and trying on clothes and a bunch of different outfits. They and all look like outfits from other movies. What does the- that kid say to him though? He's like, that kid yells at him from across the street. He says something street. about like, like is Halloween? It Halloween. Yeah, is it Halloween over? And then he points at him, and the kid like is riding his bike, just fucking explodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, then the music for this was made by the same people that did the score, and they Blitz actually Berlin. yes, and they actually presented this to the director. He all he had in the script was that there was some song that was going to play for a montage, and then later was going to be reprised with Mimi singing it. But they he had no idea in. what it was going to be, and they came up with this frig off song. Where it's, it's great because there's this. They say frig instead of fuck throughout the movie. <laughs> And then apparently have this song. I don't know if Mimi wrote it for her band or what, but yeah, it's great, man. It's great. It's fun. This montage reminds me of the montage from uh, Little Monsters. Very, very uh, much so. yeah. And then the end of the montage is like this fucking orb <laughs> or whatever flies through the window and blasts Greg's TV, and he just starts crying he, like, and curls curling up. In a up. Fetal yeah, yeah. He's this like, what is what f- makes me think he actually is suffering from PTSD. He goes, yeah. he goes, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, <laughs> like whimpers. It's super funny, dude. Oh man. And I don't know how many days are supposed to have passed based on the activities alone, and for him to learn how to play the songs, it's got to be three or four. So, well, they haven't seen him eaten. They, or they yeah. haven't seen him eat yet, and they're surprised like that he eats the entire fucking dish. The two things the, that... Well, but it's because eating is not for sustenance on Gygax. Right. <laughs> there's that, 
and the fact that the cops have never seen him and then like they see it seems like oh who's this guy out of nowhere right but it's like days have passed and they're out in public walking around making people explode <laughs> someone saw that yeah what's what do they do right after montage oh they go to lester d's diner yeah, yep. that's right, because that's, that's the eating you're talking about. And this is where I started to wonder if Mimi was either possessed or just, like, the power but with the orb. Because she's been a kind of a bitch the whole time. But, like, here <laughs> as she's, As far as like, 10-year-olds go. Yeah, yeah. But here she's just, like, a major bitch. She's, yeah. like, really rude to, like, ev- everything I would say she's, on. like, super sassy so far. But this part, she's actually just fucking mean. Yeah, and this because is, she says something to her brother about like you know you don't need these fries, Patty, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? so well, yeah, and I they're uh they're eating and like PG shoves like it's hilarious when he like he's like Allah! and like his mouth <laughs> he shoves the plate in and it just like Crunch. shatters in his mouth and there's still fries dangling off of his <laughs> face like when he starts like, talking. That's awesome. Yeah, Luke's like that's sweet. And, and he's like, what do you eat back home, PG? And he's like, he's like. We do not eat food for sustenance on Gygax. <laughs> but he talks, he, that's where he explains how, like, uh, eating's an honor code on Gygax, and it's part of a warrior's death. And, and then he is, goes, yeah, yeah, the, the flashback here. I was going to say, that's also one of the reasons I noticed that I was b- starting to get annoyed by Mimi, is that, like, he's getting ready to tell a kick-ass story that yeah, shows him on death. this ship going yeah. into this awesome monster and she cuts it off to mention that karaoke is moved to sunday <laughs> upside down karaoke. upside down karaoke <laughs> yeah the, he's t- he's recounting the the uh the battle on the bridge of souls mimi interrupts the story and then she steals luke's food and that's when luke and pg share a look yeah like he, they're looking at her like fuck fuck mimi and that's yeah. when i think he decides he needs to enter the nightmare realm with luke <laughs> yes. to try to convince him to get the Gem of Paraxidike. The Nightmare sequence is great. It's like a, it's an awesome homage to Phantasm. Like, and it shows that PG now lives with them. He's not at the warehouse. And he's just kind of looming in the corner. Oh, yeah. While Mimi sleeps. Yes. He's just standing there. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, fuck my life. Yeah, just fuming <laughs> that he's like being controlled. That is hilarious. <laughs> I love this part because after he makes the proposition to Luke to yeah. steal the gem and Luke declines, he goes... So now what do we do? And he's like, well, we wait for you to wake up from your nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah, just yeah. awkwardly just stand, stand there and yeah. wait. And that, it's sort of like there's like a Night of the Living Dead sort of scene going on so around good. their mattress. It's definitely something that would be in like a Nightmare on Elm Street It's awesome, dude. Well, I mean, it's it's straight up like Phantasm when, when Mike has the dream where he's in his bed and the camera zooms out fast and he's in the graveyard. Yeah. And the tall man's there. Yeah. Which I think that's even when, when PG walks in scene, he's like, hello, Boy. Yeah, he yeah. he refuses to learn Luke's name, which is a running gag through the whole movie. You know my name right now. Yeah. Anyway, the nightmare realm, the exit of the nightmare realm. And this, the, then the next scene is uh, what Mimi's explaining crazy ball. Yeah, in the gang's the at lot school. Yeah, they're in school. The, yeah. Which might be why the cops are then there, because like, like, you're at a school, so people are watching. PG at this point is also dressed up as a cowboy. No, he's dressed up as Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park, dog. Oh, is that what it's supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, he has the red, the red <laughs> bandana, the blue shirt, the khakis, the hat, totally. the sunglasses. Yeah. It's awesome. So Got she it. thinks that he's disguised. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Disguised PG's great. That's a figure that he ain't making in the toy line. Yeah. But yeah, he's totally dressed as Dr. Grant. Um, but they're, she's explaining all the ridiculous rules of Crazy Ball and... Uh, PG's not understanding the rules, and he asks Brain Alistair if he gets it, and he's like, 
Yeah. And then the the cops just suddenly just pull up. They get out and they immediately draw their guns. Yeah. And I don't know. Is this like a second jab to the police? Are they doing this intentionally? Because one guy goes, remember your training. And the other (laughs) one's like, there's no time. Shoot him. Yeah. Yeah, And they would have shot in the kids. PG saves them. and He goes, I should have let those hit you. (laughs) Well, he deflects the bullets like he's Ultraman, too. And they're kind of like, oh, shit, what the fuck? Like, they immediately realize that he's a monster. And then uh, you get that, like, weird, like, H.R. Giger, like, biomechanical shit. When uh, he walks up and he grabs the gun of the one cop. And he calls, he says, uh, he says, what are you? And he goes, let me show you, law dealer. (laughs) (laughs) What movie is it? Is it it Nightmare 4 or Nightmare 5 where... uh the motorcycle. Is it? It's five. It's five. I just I saw five right. was the first one I was old enough to see in the theater. Yeah, That's yeah. the reason I remember it so well. That thing with the what they're doing though, like with his hand, you know. Yeah, the, remi- the tent. The gun like starts putting tendrils into his yeah, wrist and stuff. That's what it reminds me of. Totally. But this is when you get BioCop, which if you've uh, seen the Manborg movie, BioCop's a fake trailer that was like attached to Bio to Manborg. Oh really? Yeah. Nate, and, if you you. Uh, the biocop one? Yeah. Yeah, I will. It's so uh, and he, he melts the cop in a way that reminds me a lot of the scene in RoboCop where oh, totally. they melt mm-hmm. down the thug or whatever. Yeah. His like his body movement though is almost like reminiscent of Tarman. Absolutely. Yeah, he moves like the exact same right. way. Like uh, the way his whole body has to kind of Tagline for Biocop by the way is you have the right to remain dead. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, but yeah, he put Biocop in this because like fans like have been clamoring for him to just make a Biocop movie. So he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to put Biocop in this. And that's like the origin of Biocop. Yeah. You know. Um, Who also in the in the in that trailer just wants to kill himself constantly. Yeah. It's so funny, <laughs> dude. Um, but so he, yeah, he melts the cop, fuses the gun to his hand and he describes it as a soulless husk. <laughs> yeah. But the Biocop is just like become part of the gang from this point forward for the movie for a while yeah. and can't talk. But so all this happens, the other cops still stand there and he just fucking can't handle it. And he's scared. You know, he runs to the car and he realizes he doesn't have the keys and he can't get in the car. And he turns to the bio cop. And he's like, he's like the keys, give me the keys. And bio cop just goes, <laughs> which is the point where we realize he wasn't killed. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. Just been turned into this thing. The cop just, the other cop just runs off. <laughs> so then Alistair decides he's going to take off and he just starts slithering away. And Mimi runs up and starts talking to him, and he talks kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. She's like, what's wrong, buddy? I just want to go home. And then she calls him a beautiful blob, and he slithers away, apparently, to go hang out with his parents. She says, what's wrong? Will I ever be normal again? She says, probably not. (laughs) I love when he's crawling away through the field. All like it looks like they just put like raw meat on the back of that rubber thing. It's yeah. like gross fucking meat hanging off of him. It's like is there a person in there wiggling around, or is yeah, it like a put dog it on top of like a like a medium sized dog? Yeah. And no, in that scene's the director on his hands and knees crawling through the field. Really? <laughs> yeah. They could, didn't feel right making anyone else do it. <laughs> 
Oh man! And, this, and the mutant cop keeps trying to shoot himself in the head. Yeah, yeah yes. They cut, to, <laughs> they cut to the woods, and uh, Mimi, Luke, PG, and Biocop are walking through the woods, and she's explained to them how the F word works, and by F they mean frig. Yeah, but it's a uh, it's totally an homage to T two. It's like John Connor always teaching the term Lingo. Yeah, you, for know, sure. you know, chill out, dickwad. Um, but yeah, Biocop's just randomly firing bullets in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> But he hands uh, Mimi that Valentine, and she's like, "Oh, thank you for the lovely note." And she unfolds it, and written in blood, it says, "Please kill me." <laughs> and she gets pissed. She's like, "I asked for a love letter." Yeah, you know, it's a waste of a perfectly good Valentine. Yeah. And then they uh, have to explain what Luke explains what love is to PG, and in a like how it's like getting a fuzzy feeling. And he says, "You mean." Like ripping the spinal column from your enemy and showing it to them or something like that. Yes. Uh, like would you rip out your to... enemy's spine and give it to their grieving family? Gary yes. Family, that's right. And that's when Biocop puts the gun to his head and tries to kill himself. And it's great because he successfully shoots himself like in the head. But nothing happens. And he's just... <laughs> the way stuck. he reacts, like it's hard to explain why it's so funny if you don't see the dude. But the physicality of his performance in the suit is so funny. Yeah, yep. he's really going for it, and this is also where they uh, Pandora shows up in. So she shows up in the form of the woman she cubed <laughs> earlier, and Some, smeared on her face. Yes, and smeared on her face, and now she looks like that lady. And she's at the police station. She shows up with like a ray of light, and the cop that witnessed the other biocop guy being created is sweating bullets and freaking out trying to explain rightfully so and there's some cops that aren't even like listening to him <laughs> like <laughs> and then there's other ones that are but it's just like yeah he's freaking out about what just happened and i think some people maybe don't believe him did you catch the the when they show the station though that this is the reveal of what the name of the town is uh spengler springs oh really Ghostbusters. yeah reference city but yeah, she yeah, Pandora grabs that cop's head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, give me your knowledge or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah. like the lights are turning up his head. His face yeah. is like morphine. Like, cut back to the woods. Uh, and then this is when the Paladins the of Sidian, uh, the PG's old crew that he called with the bleeding TV <laughs> beam in. And the group's comprised of five monster men. Um, Dark Scream. Dark Scream's like their leader. Cassius 3000. Who's like the Roman looking gold dude with a mustache. Which the thing with Cassius, and the bird. did you notice like his body movement? It's like a, I can't think of what video game it is, but he's constantly like this. You know, like, it's like Street Fighter. It's like a fighting game, yeah. 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 I can't think of which one it was. And uh, these guys all really look like they could be in a Guar concert. Oh, yeah. And the voice of the one with the, the heads in the, the trash, trash barrel. Oh, uh, that's Death yeah. Trapper. Death Trapper is Rich <laughs> Evans from uh, Best of the Worst. Oh, that's cool. The, yeah, yeah. The, um, you'll hear it next time you watch it. Listen, you hear an, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. That's really Andrew cool. Andrew actually told me that. I didn't even notice it. I like I like when they, uh, when they all show up, you know, like... Um, P- Mimi's like, well, PG, are you going to introduce us to your friends? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Are these your friends? That's when PG basically tells uh, the squad to, like, kill the kids. He's like, you may kill them now and take the gym. Yeah. Um, But that's when they explain to him that... uh, They laugh at him and explain to him how they made a deal with the Templars in exchange for him, which is part of why he got caught. And they, and, uh, and they don't want him back 
because now they're they can take turns who is in charge. And Darkstream points to the crown and says, and he goes, as you can see, it's currently my turn. Yeah. He said, we're very democratic on the fifth moon of Gygax. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, PG goes to punch Darkstream, but Mimi uses the gem to stop him and basically strip him of his power. And uh, because she's pissed that PG was going to have them kill, you know, her and Luke. So she lets the paladin just go to town on, on uh, PG. And I love Biocop joins in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starts just flailing around at him. Um, I the- wonder if some of that was that they were like, we can't have Biocop making it through the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, we have to get rid of him. This is a good chance to get him out of here. I like how he just fucking deflates. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like when they're fighting um, bef- before like PG gets back in the mix. Uh, Death Trapper, like who- Death Trapper looks like he's out of, like, you, you mentioned Guar. I thought he looked like a villain from Quake, like yeah. that old Quake game. But I like a... Uh, he he do, he can't fight him. He just sprays blood on PG. Which it's showing it that happened in slow motion, and then it cuts over to like Mimi and Luke, and they're like, "Is how long is this gonna take? <laughs> this take like like is this gonna take forever?" And uh, she so Mimi asks PG to apologize to her, uh, but he explains he never apologizes, and he gives a really shitty apology. It's it goes against everything. That makes me who I am. I like the sound mixing in this part, though, too, because they have, like, the most intense music that's going on right then. (laughs) And then they cut back to the kids, like, in their expression, and they cut the music, too, to show the, like, it's just really awkward. Yeah, yeah. There's just this awkward fight going on in the woods. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, she wants a sincere apology. You just hear the spray. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he does give a sincere apology. He says, I'm truly sorry little creature. Yep. And she gives him his abilities back and he thrashes the Paladins of Sidian. And if I assume that feels like something of Ultraman or Power Rangers, there's, I got a lot of Ultraman vibes in this movie in general, like the suits, just like sure. Very obviously dudes in rubber suits, but that's cool. Uh, the witch master separates PG's head from his body for a second. That's pretty badass. He grabs the staff and he blasts her. Um, the one like this creature of uh, the queen obelisk, it's the one that PG pulls the rose out of inside of her body, yeah. and he smells the rose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she turns to stone. And he says, let me show you a taste of my magic wish master. Oh, the yeah. Wish master. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Again, everything he says is perfect. <laughs> oh, man. I like for Cassius 3000, uh, he makes he that puddle. Oh, yeah, he makes a puddle, and he's like, he's like, look inside true darkness. He says, gaze into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> And, and view true darkness or something. Like he's like, I see it. I I understand now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's when that hand just comes out and rips his face completely off. Right, and you just so have like cool. eyeballs floating. Uh, and that's when we uh, see that he's killed all of them. Except Dark Scream. Yes. And we get one of the most badass uh, special effects things in the whole movie here. Um, where he gives him the warrior's death. And it's just awesome yeah. pg's like mouth is huge he just turns into a fucking human trash impact oh so good dude and i gotta go as the end they cut that shot and just looked back with henny just like vomiting blood out yeah, yeah. <laughs> i guess they had shot it a different way and when they were looking at like the dailies and stuff it just wasn't what they it's wanted like, it needed to it. really pay off 
And so he had lied to the studio saying that the movie was done and those scenes hadn't been shot yet. So they were doing pickup scenes, shooting the warriors death sequences later. And they kind of stuck them in there last minute. Man, I specifically didn't poop today so I could use the bidet for the very first time. And here you are. I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, Maybe go slam a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? So he can shit in your toilet. And yeah. Get that. Oh, you're tired. You really want to. You aren't really want to blast a duke. Yeah. I wouldn't judge you if you went in there and just sprayed your butthole. <laughs> I mean, it would just clean it up. <laughs> Is there still shit on just there? Just a quick spritz. There's no way you got it. I off. mean, here's the thing. You're inevitably someday gonna poop while you're over here, so it will happen. It will. I want to force it. Um. So then we see after he kills him that. He is genuinely injured, and they explain that they coated, they cursed the blood of his that they had from a previous battle. You look like you know exactly what he says. It's the battle of the zone keepers. Yeah, the battle of the zone keepers. <laughs> they saved his blood, cursed it, and put it on their blades, and so it was actually cutting him. And so he's seriously injured, and then we cut to. The lazy <laughs> Greg scene. Well, ma yeah, mom and dad are fighting. Before that, though, he he turns to uh, to Mimi and Luke, and he goes, "Your minds will carry this. Is it. Your minds will carry this until it consumes you, and you die a miserable death." <laughs> oh yeah, because they witness him eating. <laughs> yeah, it's like the horrors you witness will haunt you. Yeah, so good, man. And yeah, and they're just like modern kids, so they're kind of unfazed by it. <laughs> <laughs> just like whatever. Yeah, this is the big the big showdown between mom and dad about yeah. the uh, the laziness. You, he's like, my mom called me lazy, my teachers called me lazy, <laughs> and now you. <laughs> just like I think that just means you're lazy, dude. Well, she's pissed about she's she comes in the room because he bought a new TV. Oh, the right. last one got destroyed by PG's Fireball or whatever. Yeah, and it's way bigger. And she's like, "What is this?" Like, oh yeah, buy a new TV. Also, I think I'm going to have to take a couple weeks off of work. You well, might want to pick up heels. some extra shifts <laughs> to pay for this thing. <laughs> at the pharmacy, yeah, to pay for this. And that's when she calls him lazy. And they get in a fight, and he, uh, <laughs> rather than like really saying much of anything back to her, he goes to take a shit. <laughs> and while he's taking a dump, this like glowing light starts flowing through the room. And <laughs> the look on his face when he's looking at it, like, there's this whimsical, like, what is that? Like, this curiosity, and he reaches for the light, and it just explodes into PG's head, screaming at him. Yeah. Just, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Find me! Find me or you all die! <laughs> <laughs> like, he falls off the toilet and into the tub. <laughs> what the frig? <laughs> and then he's like, where? And the head appears a second time and yells, like, I, I didn't write down the it's exact like something about like up at by the old shoe factory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I and don't know vanishes, where that is. Yeah, he vanishes again. The dad says, "I don't." Know. <laughs> he comes back a third time. Goes, goes down the Prescott Road until he reaches the second set of lights. <laughs> that part's great. <laughs> and there's lots of added, just like <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> that's that's one of those things we were laughing so hard when we watched that. So he um, takes the truck out and they load him up with a wagon that has some crazy balls in it, <laughs> and they are heading back to the house. Well, Dad where... does ask PG, hey, PG, do you think I'm lazy? Think I'm lazy? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a couple moments with PG. 
need a moment with my daughter. <laughs> Hold He's holding his hand. hand. Yeah. <laughs> and they get back to the house, and the Pandora character is there, not in her true form, but still in the form of the lady she cubed up. <laughs> and uh, it's like, you know, you have, you have to turn him over unless you want to um, live a life of endless servitude. <laughs> and Greg best says, line in the movie. endless servitude. <laughs> Sounds like being married to you. <laughs> uh, so then Mimi tells Luke that he should go beat her up. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And PG's like, yeah, don't let her fool you. Like, she could, you know, destroy you in a second. And Luke says, I'm not doing it. And he gets out of the car and storms off, which is the first time in the movie where he actually stuck up to Mimi. Everything up till now, he just, like, does whatever she says. I'm not taking her shit anymore. So we're establishing that there's a little bit of a, you know, whatever they call it, in paradise. There's, there's trouble in paradise. Trouble in paradise, that's the term. And that, then it shows Pandora turn into her true form in the kitchen, and she makes a cocktail for mom to drink, which turns her into some sort of haphazard sidekick that does not have the same amount of powers, but is still able to help her, maybe. It has some, like, Templar gear. Yeah. And then uh, we get a really fun stretch of the film at the shoe factory. Uh, PG's bundled up on the couch, um, and he tells Mimi that she needs to give him the gem or he'll die. And Mimi's like, I can't do that. You'll kill everybody. And that's when the dad holds PG's hand and is like, Mr. Gorman, <laughs> could I have a moment with my daughter? Yeah. And uh, he has a heart to heart with the kid, which is great here when he talks about his story. It's like the worst fucking parenting advice you like could ever give anybody. Man with a Did you make notes, copious notes on this? I didn't. I just wrote that dad tells awful story about creepy weirdo coaxing him into a van with baseball cards. Yes. And what you're expecting him to say, and then he did something to me, but he's like, and he had some really cool baseball like, cards. He had the hugest <laughs> collection of baseball I'm cards. I'm really glad I did that. Yeah. Uh, you should do that, too. You should listen to your crazy monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Help so, your friend who's inevitably going to kill us all. Yeah. And th- she makes some sort of deal with him, like, if I give this to you, like, you're not going to kill us, right? And he's like, I will not kill you and your family. This is also where oh, we get and the Greg great- says... Maybe you should say, like, everybody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but right before that, though, is the great scene where she goes and she's praying to the cross. Oh, right. <laughs> and she's, like, and then she's, she's like, praying to, the, like, this crucifix on the wall, and she's asking for advice, and she's, like, wait a minute. Why am I even talking to you? There's a new guy in town, and his name is Psycho Gorman. And then it, she continues her blasphemy by breaking the cross over her leg. Yeah. It's just a wild sequence. Like, whoa. Then she's she goes, just she's asking like, what sunglasses she should wear, not like what she should <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> we also cut to Greg at this point. He says, well, this TV won't stop bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then Mimi realized she doesn't have the gem in her bag. And then right then Pandora and Robomom burst through the fucking wall of the building but I love that they burst through, but Luke still just opens the door and walks in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he comes through the door and he waves at him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey. And uh, he has the gem. And uh, this is like, you know, this is obviously like we're like in like the third act, of course. This is like the finale of the film. Um, let's see what happens there. Then the mom starts to attack Greg while oh, yeah. Pandora... <laughs> Is Good parenting, t- honey. Wish I could help. I'm just too damn lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which sets her off, and then she starts coming towards him. 
And then Pandora goes after Psycho Gorman, where she's obviously winning and there's no real battle to be had. But he says, um, or just, is this where the sword part happens? No, that's that at the very end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This he makes the, a request because he's there's like. There's a Templar code. Yes. Or you can allow defeated uh, combatant one last chance for battle. And uh, so PG has Mimi choose. But oh, yeah, during this part. Luke and Mimi are fighting for the gym. So like everyone has their own fights. Luke and Mimi fighting for the gym. Mom, like, you know, Susan and Greg fighting. And then uh, Pandora and PG fighting. But, uh, and during that fight, that's when Luke tells Mimi that Dab is right. And humans are the real monsters. And Mimi's one of them. Yeah. Right. Uh, so PG uh, tells the Templar, you know, Pandora, that he wants to do that Templar code shit. Um, and then he has Mimi choose the battle they're going to have. Right. And that battle is, is a game of crazy ball. Yes. There's two teams. Team Hero comprised of Mimi, Dad, and PG. And the other team, Team Suck, comprised of Pandora, Robomom, and Luke. They play an epic game of crazy ball with the fate of the universe and the balance. We cut to the Gygax uh, Galactic Council, and Cordex says, I don't understand sports. <laughs> uh, and there ends up being a switcheroo, much like in the beginning of the film, in which Mimi slugs Luke one in the stomach, uh, and then PG gives Dad a high five, and Dad's fucking hand is just demolished, and a bone rips through his wrist. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the hand that he's had bandaged that he hurt uh, with when he tried to shovel the hole to be in the movie. Uh Pandora still doesn't want to play by the rules. Like the rules of the game, uh, if you know, if Team Hero won, uh, PG got to stay and Mimi gets to keep the gem. If Team Suck won, they got to take PG and kill him. But Pandora doesn't abide by this and she goes to kill uh, PG anyways. Mimi tries to protect PG and then Mom jumps in front of you know Mimi to protect her daughter, protect her daughter from being killed by Pandora. Um, and then there's a touching moment uh, here with a reprise of the Frig Off song from the uh, montage, and it's all slow. And while it's happening, PG asks, is this love? Um, and Pandora strips the power away from Robomom. Dad immediately tells her Says, he needs to go to the hospital. You don't deserve the <laughs> rights. Or yeah. You don't deserve the powers I've bestowed upon you. Yeah. Like she's like covered in slime. She looks disgusting. Oh, she's, she's clearly like, been through a rough time. You know. Yeah. And, and then he's <laughs> like, Susan, I need you to take me to the hospital, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's like blood coming out of his wrist. Um, I think it's broken. And then Pandora's <laughs> about to just kill the whole family when PG suddenly saves them. His powers restored. Uh, Luke, you know, let Mimi have the gem back, obviously. And then we get the epic sword fight. Um, the meat sword. Fight. The meat sword's amazing. Tell us about the meat sword, Hogan. Well, he he doesn't have a sword to fight her with, so he rips. I don't know what does he rip like her shoulder blades out and like parts of her face. Out. He rips all parts of her body out. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know how it's she's still standing, yet somehow he creates a meat sword out of pieces of her body to fight her with. I would assume it has to be the spinal cord. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he does definitely yank something out of the bag. Yeah. But. That doesn't make any sense as far as how she'd still be standing anyway. <laughs> but they get in that epic sword fight. And I mean, the best part of the sword fight is uh, when PG looks over and sees the magazine from earlier in the movie. 
that Mimi gave him, and it's torn up, and he goes, Not my hunky boys! <laughs> That's the, what sends him over the edge. It's so good. And then he finishes her off, and uh, he's going to give her a warrior's death, and uh, the kids tell the parents, like, you don't want to see this. Yeah. Dad's um, still kind of trying to catch a peek, I think. But. Uh, so they go outside, and... Uh, Which is one of my favorite lines in the movie, where it's a total dad thing to say, where the, Greg just goes, I remember when this used to be a shoe factory. (laughs) (laughs) Like all this shit that just happened and you're going to just mention that like everyone would know that, but it's, it's funny as shit. That's super good. This is the last time where he calls Luke boy. (laughs) Oh yeah. PG comes out and uh, he gives me the gem and tells her that he doesn't even need it anymore because he's learned that the true power comes from inside the power of love. Yeah. (laughs) It's time to take this newfound power and use it to destroy the galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where he opens a portal um, that looks like it's Seattle or something. (laughs) As he's walking out, though, he stops because Mimi's like, wait, PG. And she blows him a kiss and he catches it and like rubs it into his chest. And he blows one back, too. Uh, And then he immediately walks through the portal and starts blowing shit up. It's so awesome. Destroying everything. I like that he didn't go somewhere else. He just stayed on Earth, just went somewhere, (laughs) just went to another city. Yeah. (laughs) And then they uh, and then we cut to a news broadcast showing what the news quotes as a giant naked purple man. It says it could only be described as a giant <laughs> naked purple man. <laughs> and he's just, by love, he's like Godzilla size and he's like shooting fire out of his hands, blowing stuff up. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, but we see that this news broadcast is being played on the TV at Alistair's house. So like, uh, he's, he's still, still a brain. brain creature and he just slowly st- slithers to the table where his parents are eating in silence yeah. just staring down and the, the movie the credits roll over <laughs> alistair and his family eating dinner yeah <laughs> but we cut back to the board one more time oh yeah it's like the post credits yeah, singer like a marvel like, well movie. we always have a final plan he just sets a gun on the table and he goes so who wants to kill themselves first and you see the yes. brain in the tube, tube man. Go up. <laughs> uh i i like that like that scene, that's such a funny post credit scene, anyways. But it's extra funny because it's like not like a future weapon. No, it's just like, like it's a, just a like revolver. revolver. Yeah, <laughs> like like he like like he got a gun from Earth and was like, this is the most efficient way to kill yourself yeah, in space. And there's this awesome hair metal song playing that got. Yeah, it's thematic of the movie, and then it we get a really cool like logo sequence before it segues into oh. the Psycho Goreman hip-hop song, also not unlike the Monster Squad. Oh, it's so good. It, or uh, it's, it's a lot like uh, the Ninja Turtles movie. They had that song at the end credits was like, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Power. Yeah, yeah. And he's like rapping all about the, the turtles. turtles. are here, and they're yeah. going to get you their red, <laughs> white, and blue. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> The 4th of July Turtles movie I never saw. (laughs) Cowabunga, America. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) You snorted. Uh, uh, But the score in the whole movie, we didn't talk about much besides the montage, but the score from Blitz Berlin is fucking awesome. Really good. It's really good. Um, So the DP on this film, uh, he really wants... Told the director he thought the music movie should be like the Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, he's like like that score specifically. Um, and the director was using that as reference, I guess, when they're cutting the film together, and they used 
the music from the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie as the temp music in the movie. Oh, okay. So then they talked to Blitz Berlin. It's like, hey, like we want something kind of like this because it's like, it's like kind of the best parts of like the '80s, but also the best parts of early '90s scores. Like it's like this weird hybrid, and it's like totally what the score ended up being like yeah, too. There's some synth stuff going on. There's also just some orchestral stuff. You yeah. got a hip hop thing. There's you a metal thing. Metal. Yeah, it's awesome. It's all over the place. I've been listening to that like all week this week. Yeah. I had a day at the greenhouse where I was working, and I I probably listened to it like five times in a row. Didn't even like psycho Gorman psycho PG for sure. <laughs> I think if they went with a sequel, and hopefully they do do something, you'd have to do like a prequel. Oh, uh, like you couldn't because unless it's in the future. Because I saw like that Mimi actress already looks five years older. Yeah. Like you couldn't really like at that age, like the between 10 and 15 kids change so much. Oh, yeah. yeah it could be like substantially further down the road, though. You know, but if he's already like destroyed the universe, like what is there? Yeah, left are they to just do? the only people left living on Earth? <laughs> like it's I mean, I love the movie and uh, I would love to see more of the characters. But at the same time, it's like, could it be almost thing that makes you believe like, oh, fuck, why'd they make that? Yeah, they like, like how, what? Like. You know, I mean, what's going to be the fun of it now? Because now they're buddies. So now he's not going to be like, I want to kill you and stuff like he'd be like, oh, you're my friend who taught me about love. Like, right. I mean, I don't know. I w- yeah, but it's love to destroy the universe. Yes. <laughs> I would I would like to just see segments of him just kicking ass around the galaxy, though. Yeah. The uh, other thing is that the director used all his ideas. I mean, I'm sure he has more. Yeah. But what he said was that he basically would come up with ideas when he'd be working on other people's yeah. movies that wouldn't be getting into those movies, so then he just put them all into this one. Which is why it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's great, man. But the big question, how many frights for Psycho Gorman, for PG? I'm at the same that I was last time. I'm at solid four. Me too. Yeah. I was going to say four as well. I think it's in the same club. When we first watched it, honestly... That night, like, I mean, we laughed, like, through the whole movie. There's, like, it's been a long since this whole movie where I was just, like, laughing the entire time. Like, when I was done, I was like, that's fucking five frights. Yeah. But I, I've watched it three more times. And I watched this movie four times. And, yeah, I think it landed at four. I mean, the initial excitement, it was so amazing. Um, and I still stand by my initial assessment of this is, like, I haven't seen a movie that made me this excited that's a new film in a long time. There's not movies like this anymore as far as, like, the practical effects, the vibe you know, good kid actors. Like if you're into the genre, I don't really know how you could not like this movie. I think there's a lot of people that try to make movies like this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And fall flat on their face. Yeah. Well, the thing that they did was they did the practical effects and they had a good story and they didn't try to make it like stupid. Like it's like some of these people that make more modern movies that are supposed to feel like the 80s it's, it's like, like the trauma thing yeah it's, it's like, totally the trauma thing where it's like it's supposed to be stupid there might be like a little like yeah. <laughs> every once in a while it's right. like that's yeah i don't need any more of those movies i i'll watch sergeant kabuki man nypd <laughs> i'll watch toxic avenger one through three trauma war trauma's war is Class good Nukem high is awesome yeah but that's not him that's not uh, I, I mean lloyd kaufman was like there i think on set but it wasn't his movie true all right i have another movie that that guy did called like alien space avenger that movie's fucking I super cool okay yeah. is it a trauma movie too uh, i do think trauma has the rights to it now maybe but, but they have when it was like released everything. it wasn't it was i mean like, they have AIP. rights to uh there's nothing out there and that's i mean that's not like trauma yeah. didn't make that yeah did i try to 
show Sergeant Kabuki Man so many people. It's like every person I show it to, they fucking hate it. Hmm. I don't know why. I, I remember that. buying that, that VHS tape for like 25 bucks or something at <laughs> Suncoast. Like Suncoast, yeah. <laughs> Suncoast is where I always got trauma tapes too. Yeah. They always had the cool lenticular cover ones and whatever. But yeah, I don't know that I ever tried to show it to anybody. A few people like were in the room when I was playing, but just background noise. I love it. See, they did a small run of Psycho Gorman on tape. Yeah. Which I'd get, but I don't know, eleven ninety nine, dude. Yeah. Like for me a huge part of why I got into VHS tapes was because they were a dollar. And like there was the tons of, of the, stuff. Yeah, at the end of Yeah. And well, even before that, I mean, five bucks. Like you'd go to half price books, and you could either get like a VHS tape for five bucks yeah. or a DVD for twelve. Yeah. So you get two movies instead of one. So even at, at that level, when you still had all your tapes too, so it's like, well, I'll keep fucking adding to the collection. And oh, absolutely, so many movies were not released on any other format. You know, now they're finally catching tape. up. Yeah, now it's like from all these companies. I'll look know. stuff up, and be like, dude, is that really already out on Blu-ray? Yeah. Like filling in like holes in my black exploitation catalog and stuff. It's like. Am I going to buy Cleopatra Jones on Blu-ray for twelve ninety nine, or am I going to buy the VHS $50 tape for twenty? Slab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or there's shot on video movies. There's a set that's coming out in Vinegar Syndrome that has like that, that movie awesome. Winter Beast in it, which I've always wanted to Dude, see, but it's I'm a two hundred dollar fucking yeah. tape. But now it's I, not. Yeah, I I can't wait for the halfway to Black Friday sale from Vinegar Syndrome this year. Yeah, they're got some cool stuff coming. I've somehow never seen that Six String Samurai. That looks like a movie I would have loved. I watched the trailer. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, that and Surf 2. I mean, they've been announcing some fire titles Surf lately. Surf 2 is fucking great. Yeah. I spent two years tracking down that tape, and I spent, I think it was like 50 or 60 bucks or something, which at the time was a great deal for it. I do have Escape from Safe Haven here. I'm super stoked for you to see that. I thought you cool. would see that for sure, because I thought that was like, I, I mean, you had that poster for that other Escape from New York exploitation film. Yeah, and Escape from the Bronx. Um like that's up your alley and that's yeah, the demon Knight guys so like we finished watching you guys went home and i like immediately like just like looked up some psycho gorman online immediately saw you know that plastic meatball site has uh just an endless you know merchandising line but those toys are kenner scaled which i'm obsessed with the old star wars kenner toys it's like i yeah, got they me can fight 100%, immediately pre-ordered like fuck yeah take my money absolutely in yeah all in when we were watching it that first time like just all the creatures, all the people in suits. It like it reminded me of Star Wars. The movie's not like Star Wars, but the reason I like Star Wars as a kid is like I hadn't seen a million horror movies yet, right? You know, and all these wild-looking monsters and creatures like that, like really made me want to watch horror movies. Like right. all the monster stars, all these crazy guys. Like they could be on the screen for twenty seconds, and that's all you see them. It's like, yeah. oh, that guy looked awesome. Right. You know, this movie gave me that. Like, when we saw the Galactic Council, and they're all sitting there, like, all these bizarre creatures. Like, it's just exciting. Like, there's a level of creativity and imagination in it that so many movies just don't fucking have now. Anyone else that made that movie, that council, would have comprised of seven creatures that looked pretty similar. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have been so drastically different. I also like the idea of supporting something that's new. Like, the person would be ben benefiting from it now, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, the same thing happens with music. Everyone gets so obsessed with, like, music from the past that they don't spend any time living in the now and seeing that there are good bands now. You just have to look for them. At the dig. You have, yeah. You know, and then it's just I don't think we're ever going to have, like, a 
you know, an ACDC. We're never going to have a band like that again. <laughs> not just, it's not that their music's that great. I just mean that like, we don't have a collective conscious that's big enough to have something like that ever happen again. Yeah. Because you like, can like be into how many people all got behind that at the same time and it became huge. Yeah. 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 It's like, like the perfect storm. You can just obsess about any one little thing and there's these little pockets yeah. of subcultures that you can exist in where you don't even know. I don't you know, I don't know a single electronic dance music artist, but if you went to Germany into this one neighborhood, it's the biggest thing there yeah. is. <laughs> you know. So this and Demon Knight are the two highest stars, yeah. aren't they? Or frights? They are. Yeah. Highest frights. Four out of five frights. Nothing's got the coveted five fright yet, but... I can think of a few that would if we yeah. get them. But... Oh, there's... Yeah. We better go back to the 80s, though, next episode. We've had a weird stretch here. Yeah. We we did the 2000s with My Bloody Valentine 3D remake, and then we did the 90s, and now we did a brand new movie. What are we doing? I don't know. We're going to do boop. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing that one. With, ah, boop. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, uh, next one. <laughs> I, I do this. with Freddie always asks like what the password to the TV is. So he can get in. I'll be like, here, it's just. And he's like, what? Say it. Why didn't you say it? You, ne- you never say it. And he gets madder every time. <laughs> he starts mumbling. I go, the only reason that exists is so you can't buy stuff accidentally because he's bought like he bought like two twenty dollar movies on there and they were movies that were free on something we were already already had it's like cars he he bought a twenty dollar extended cut of cars and that's the worst Disney pixar Plus. movie it's not that great but oh man i like pixar movies but both the cars movies are really i do not like her i like pixar movies though i do not yeah. like the cars movies that's at all they're fucking bad. That yeah. new one, Soul, was awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. That got that Coco's got me, guys. Good. I'm not gonna lie. Soul got me a little bit. I got a little misty yeah, in that one. Up. <laughs> I got a little misty. <laughs> Tearful cartoon. Uh, uh, so Hogan. What? So uh, saw you on Jimmy Kimmel this week. I was on Jimmy Kimmel. That is correct. So how was it? What was like? What was that prep like? I mean, like, like they sent you gear or what? So yeah, they send you like a. Like a tablet with a fucking camera on it, um, I don't know, in like a in like a road case, you know. And uh, I don't know, it was cool, but you had to do like a couple of like pre things, like so you they test like lights and shit, and then they have like a fake Jimmy Kimmel stand in, which was this like Aussie dude who was telling like like really, an Aussie really like, an, like an Australian us. guy or like a guy that looked like Ozzy Osbourne. No, like an Australian. Dude. Uh. Were they telling bad jokes so that when he told the other jokes, they seem funnier? I don't know. He's yeah. like, and then Jimmy will say, and then he would come up with like some terrible fucking joke that I didn't understand. Yeah, it's Aussie humor. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this is America, sir. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Go back to Canada. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. That was cool. But yeah, we were really only on like the talk to him during that segment. It wasn't like a... You know, uh, hey guys, I'm Jimmy Kimmel. You know, this I was going to ask doing. that if like you could talk to him at all, like just one on one at all. No, it was so the Aussie guys the one told you not to wear the Darkwing Duck shirt though. Three people told me not to. Those bastards. It was him and then two other like producers there or something. I tried because I, I had your shirt on initially. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, "Well, you you know you can't have any logos." And I was like, "Well, you know I know the person." They're like, it "Doesn't matter. You can't wear anything." 
So then I just tried to put the Dark Duck shirt on, which didn't have a logo on it, just had the image. Yeah. And he still wouldn't let me wear that. It makes me wonder, like, not that I watch a lot of that kind of stuff, but, like, how much of that stuff has been, like, edited where like yeah maybe they would have been wearing like a mud honey shirt or something yeah. but they were told they couldn't wear it because like not that it's the same thing but i think about you know nirvana being a good example where it's like the reason the melvins got signed to columbia is because kurt cobain talked about him all the time and because he wore right. the shirts and that's well, like, like him even wearing like the daniel johnson hi how are you shirt you know right like yeah i don't, I don't think know. people are as, as observant as they were back then and are like as desperate to like find more stuff like whatever. But you know, even if it like gets a handful more people looking, then I think goes back to what you were just saying though, about like right thing happening the right time. Like Nirvana's an example that it's weird that like, I mean, they are a punk band. I mean, like it's a different type of thing, but I mean, they were like a punk band that were like playing games and shit and fucking blew up. Yeah. And then, but like talking about seeking stuff out, like, um, I have a soft spot for him because it is how I discovered lots of music because like what you're saying, like they'd wear shirts of like brand bands or like they were always Black name Black, dropping bad brains, the poison band. idea. And there was, there like, wasn't, you can't just go on Spotify and be like, I like this music, play me stuff that sounds like that. Yeah. Right. You know, you had to seek everything out. So like, it was like reading interviews with bands and seeing who they name drop. But like, you know, if they mentioned, like if they mentioned Black Flag and I got Black Flag tape from the record store in Cedar Rapids, then I'd be like, "Oh, SST. Okay, I'm gonna try other bands on this label." Totally. Like did a like, lot of label hunting. Yeah, but I mean, like that's that. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. That's a kind of what you were just talking about. You know, yeah. seeking stuff out. It's just I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not but, to derail the Jimmy Kimmel talk. Just I thought it was interesting you oh, just mentioned no, yeah. that. It's like no. the exact same thing, but. And I agree with like what you were saying in the text. But I think it's. I think a lot of it is. People deciding what you can and can't see. Like, I'm not an alarmist finding these, but I definitely think that exists. I forgot what I was saying. Censoring. Can't wear a shirt. Yeah, yeah. Guy on okay. the floor. Um, oh, yeah. So they probably have some sort of contract obligation with their advertisers that are paying like tens of thousands of dollars for like 30 second commercials where they're like, and we'd really appreciate it if you didn't like promote anything that mm-hmm. would, you know, whatever. So basically, they're not wanting to risk, like, say there's an advertisement for a cartoon and the cartoon is duck related. Right. And that duck related cartoon is for some reason being advertised on this late night TV show. And their head of executive head executive watches it and sees that you're wearing a dark wing duck shirt, which is going to draw potential viewers to their shitty duck cartoon away. Mm -hmm. So now they're mad. They pull their thing and then whatever station. Mm hmm loses $20,000. Right. It's, it's just all... So they just, like, don't want to risk any of that. So they're just like, well, whatever. We're just not going to let anybody do anything. Yeah. So there's, like, a... There's an ongoing joke. Um, oh, right. I think it goes back to when um, he was still dating Sarah Silverman because she sung that song about how she fucked Matt Damon or right. something. And, like, I, I think that's... Because I remember that. So I like Sarah Silverman. I so. Yeah, joke she's there. funny. So they were, they were like, hey, if you can walk through and, like, hold some things up. And I was like, okay. One of the things I picked up was Behind the Candelabra with Michael Douglas and, and Matt Damon. That was good. I, and I did that intentionally. Yeah. Um, but I initially picked up, like, Good Will Hunting. They were like, oh, can you pick up something different? I was like, okay. So, like, I don't know what the deal is there. Same thing. Both Matt Damon movies or Matt Damon's in both. Mm-hmm. In my head, it, like, we got done. I was talking to Aaron. I was like, is it because, like, Robin Williams is fucking dead? 
They're like, yeah. they don't want Robin Williams' estate to come back and be like, hey, that's not fucking cool. Yeah. Right. So, or was maybe, that, was maybe, that Miramax? Was that something to Weinstein's? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe Kimmel has a love child with Affleck. So, there, he's like, don't want him coming after for <laughs> reparations. Baby reparations. It was cool, man. This whole thing's been a wild ride. I would have been super yeah. nervous. I didn't tell you that beforehand. <laughs> Be like, have fun, Rich, man. I'm super nervous for you. Don't like pop a boner or something. So, <laughs> this is a fucking Make sure to hold it above your boner. I, I called Greg and told him about the other day, though. So, two days after that happened, uh, we got like Aaron got an email from somebody who forwarded this on. So, Dennis Dugan. That's the, a fake name. It's, it's not. <laughs> that guy's in the howling. That he's in the howling oh. okay, and he directed okay. like half. What it was? How did I say? Happy Gilmore. I think he directed a bunch of Am Sandler movies. I don't know. Anyway, I Who talked to that. Though? I talked to that dude today. <laughs> you did? Yeah. And well, he's so like, oh, I just it? want to talk about movies, and I was like, okay. That was it. That's fucking weird. Like really strange. He saw. Was he? Was he? Was he like, I saw you on Kimmel. Yeah, like, want to talk to a movie? Yeah, nerd. he just wanted to talk about movies. I talked to him like twenty minutes about movies. Nice. It was weird. Like what? He's like, all right, dude. Did you ask him about the howling? Yeah, I talked to him about that. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, he talked about like Joe Dante a little bit, and uh, I think Rob Bikini, and some story about Rob Bikini and hot dogs. How can you remember what happened today? I don't know. Well, he was like, Tell us about Robin like, cutting, hot dogs. Come on. That's all I need to know. The connection was bad. It was like cutting it and out. And I didn't, I didn't want to go, what? Huh? Oh, so you're just pretending that you could hear this conversation? Dude, like, I felt what bad. kind of dogs? Your guys heard poutine and hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much what happened. Yes, I like werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> so That'd it sounds like the next episode is going to be about the howling. Sure. And uh, no. <laughs> I'd do that. <laughs> I would do the Howling too, but he was totally nice. You mean you do the Howling, or you do the Howling two, or the Howling three or four? Or I five meant T O O, as in three as well. Three is great. The marsupials. You called me and mentioned that he had hit you up somehow, and you were going to try to talk to him. But like, yeah, he directed played, these. He directed telephone. like M. Sandler movies, and I was like, oh, I don't fucking know. And then I looked at his IMDb, and I was like. He's like the guy in the howling. Why don't you just fucking say he's the guy in the howling? <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Open with the howling. Close. Well, I talked to this. I was like, dude, you should have said he's the guy in the howling. You're like, oh yeah, he's also in the howling. <laughs> like, like I'm just like you. You jumped it like I was a Sandler head. Like, oh fuck yeah, man. <laughs> I do like Billy Mass and Happy Gilmore, but beyond that, I don't really give a fuck about Sandler. Like those yeah. movies are. He's a real funny guy. Could you talk like this? I watch the Water Boy like once every ten years. The other, the Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison though, I'd watch those once a year. Not care. You know? Water Boy is good though because of the Fonz. Yeah. When he drops his pants and has a tattoo on his ass of Roy Orbison, that's fucking gold. Yeah. You can put that in any movie. In the Dude, business. he's great in the other guys. Or no, the no, other I'm, guys. No, that's. Uh, I'm thinking Matt. of Keaton. I'm thinking yeah. of Michael Keaton. Oh. I could totally picture him doing that role though. I totally confused the Fonz for Batman also. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been. Right? <laughs> Just once. There's enough Batmans out there. I think everyone should get a turn. They're saying that uh they're gonna bring Keaton back in like a new movie. Really? They're gonna like yeah. try they're gonna try to set up like alternate dimensions. Like the DC movies are so fucking bad that they're like grasping at straws. Whatever and I think we can do like, to get people to come yeah, back. I think they're gonna try to say, uh there's just a bunch of different universes, so we're gonna have all of them connected. Yeah. You I don't care. That Zack Snyder cut of Suicide Squad. I I've heard people say they fucking. I oh, of of Justice League. Justice, or League. Justice League. Sorry, mm -hmm. I've heard people say it's really good. Like, I fucking hated that movie. I'm not sure I want to sit through a four hour long fucking. Movie. So, four hours. Yeah. I I I don't like Zack Snyder. 
I think he's a fucking hack. I don't know why he keeps getting work in Hollywood. The best thing he did is the Dawn of the Dead remake, and that's not even good because of his directing. It's good because James Gunn wrote fucking bitch in script, and that's why James Gunn got to do Slither. And it was already a cool story. I yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, that's not good because Snyder. 300, like, everyone sh- shit their pants when it came out because it didn't look like any other movie people had seen. But it's not good. It's like, like Snyder's shit is it's overly stylized, and he fucking ruined The Watchmen, which is, like, one of the best graphic novels ever written. Like, even if you don't like comic like books. Movie? No. Oh. I don't care. Uh, Greg don't care none. If, so the the Justice League movie, um, there's 27 minutes of the movie is just slow motion shit. If you've seen a Star Wars, you know, it's just like slow motion crap. Yeah. In that four hour movie, there's a total of 27 minutes of slow motion scenes. Like that doesn't make me want to watch that alone. I'm like that sounds fucking awful. What a nightmare. That that said, I do collect comic books and I'm a masochist, so I will end up watching it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not making a point to. Do you have HBO? Yeah. Have you watched the Godzilla King Kong movie yet? No, do you want to yeah. watch it tonight? Yeah. I'll I want to watch it. Yeah, let's do it. I don't have HBO. Let's so go. Kong perfect. is king, dude. Cool. You want to watch King Kong Godzilla? I'm driving Iowa City. Yeah. Huh? Are you going to watch that instead of watching this? Well, I don't know. I was just saying. Watch we it could, all. We could watch this at another time if you want to watch this later. I do want to watch that. Let's with you save guys. this. We'll save that for next Friday. I'll bring zone. this over to your house and we'll watch it at your house. Oh! <gasps> Okay. That'll be Do I movie. get to come to the house too then? Yeah. <laughs> it's a get together. I was like, we'll watch it next time. Nate's like, I'm coming to your house, Hogan. <laughs> Fuck you, Greg. What? Bring, I want to watch that though. Bring the whole fam damnly. Well, I'll come over there. Hey guys, can I be there too? Uh, can I come too? That Who fucking this... popcorn machine better be there. Who found this rusty? Oh man? yeah, Jimmy Kimmel gave you a popcorn machine. <laughs> he did. But, <laughs> you get it yet? But don't you no, not even eat which, popcorn? By the way, I go, uh, uh, I asked him if, uh, what the fuck was I just going to say? Shit! Does it come with popcorn? No. Does it come with it butter? Does it come I, with anyway, I asked them something about it, and they go, oh, that's not the actual one you get. We're saying you went from the... From, like, the fucking... Oh, so warehouse. you're not getting the one with the wheels and stuff? No, it, I guess it'll be that one. She's like, it'll be like... They're going to send him an air popper. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's addressed to... Chump. Oh, I said, something, I said something about because they had like the the fucking logo on it or something that they put on it. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, that's not the actual one we're sending you. We're sending you one from the factory." <laughs> Kimmo took that one home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just one they had in the back that they use constantly. Probably. It would have been yours. Then you mentioned Matt Damon. Now you're getting the air popper. Right. I didn't know there was a Matt feud. Damon. Oh, Man, Ben Affleck's teeth are scary looking now. I was thinking about that in the shower the other night for some reason. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, no, what? You, you, hold on, you hold think on. about Ben Affleck in the shower a hold lot? On. Yeah, why were you thinking about Matt? So Dave's what teeth? I was thinking about, I had just brushed my teeth, oh, and I brushed I my teeth in the shower a lot. Matt Damon's teeth. No, it's Ben Affleck. Affleck's teeth. And I was brushing my teeth, and I was like. Wouldn't it be weird if like your teeth were different all of a sudden? And then I was like, Ben Affleck's teeth look a lot different. I wonder if he looks in the mirror and laughs ever. <laughs> and then I just started like going down a wormhole in my mind. So I was just like, start feeling your teeth yeah. and your gums. And I was like, man, what if they were all normal? Like, wouldn't it feel like dentures? I mean, at least at first, it would feel like you were wearing someone else's teeth. I would think. Jealous caps on her teeth. Really? Yeah, she got like she had like the old ones pull off and new ones pull on. Her teeth got fucked up from uh, when she was in the hospital, like because she was like in the hospital for like three months. Like yeah. her shit was like serious, but she was on so many different drugs they gave her, like fucked up like her teeth. Like they rotted. That's like there's ever teeth shit in anything. Jill's like, ah! 
Hey, where'd this rusty nail come from? Oh, uh, I think Nate, Nate found it, and we wanted to give it to you for the use with the next order. Perfect. Yeah. Because what is rusty window, rusty window cage if not applied with rusty nails? Yeah. Um, Whoever orders the next rusty window cage will get uh, this nail that is signed by all three of us. <laughs> it was hard to do, but we yeah. managed. I didn't see any window creeping in Psycho Gorman. And I, so no needed rusty window cages there. No milk um, drinking. And I, uh, was there a glass of milk at the family meal? Probably. We're going to say yes. I Actually, did watch, in, I did watch, uh, this always, it's always sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> where like the creeps that they're always feuding with come into the bar. The McBoyles? Like, yeah. They act like the cops are there. Okay. And they, uh, there's this part where like the brother stabs the other guy and he like, to, before he pulls the, the knife out, he throws a glass of warm milk on it. <laughs> like, that's going to make it better. So I have seen milk, abusive milk usage this week, just not in this movie. There um, is milk in that movie. I remember Alistair's drinking lots of milk. Woo! Oh, yeah. There it is. No window viewing. Which is kind of odd. It seemed to throw in some, but... Like somebody curious about like what this creature is. I mean, if you want to go on a technicality, oh, the mom the, was. I was say, looking through a window. Yeah, out the window. I was going to say possibly the burglars were peeping through a window in order to off rob screen. The There's implied couple. window creeping in the film. Yeah, by the chads. Yeah, <laughs> and they do say we've killed one person today. We left that line out. Yo, yeah, which I think is a great line. We've all killed one person today. Yeah, wouldn't be a big deal to do it. He's again. like, hey, man. And That's what the other one we called didn't me. Do our man. favorite lines, which there's, there's too so many. many. Let's just say every just my favorite line is everything that PG says. Let's be real. The best line in the movie is the like the you know, I do not care for hunky boys. I'm or gonna, do I? My, I'm gonna go with this because it's a rare thrill and not likely to happen again. But mine is in the knocking speak, and I'm gonna go with I think we woke up grandma. I told you. Grandma's in hell forever. That's my favorite. It's line. a great line. I'm going with back when I was in the army, we played guns all the time. <laughs> Anything that dad says is just absolutely hilarious. What uh, would be favorite kill in the movie? Also hard to say. But um, the gazing into the pool. I love the dialogue and the idea. And then, of course, the delivery. Although he doesn't die, I like the... Uh, the cops like melting head. So his like transformation. Yeah, Bio -cop. I that, yeah Bio -cop. I think that, that transformation. So Nate's about Cassius 3000's death. Um, you are about the mutation to Psychop, yeah. which we could consider his death. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's not that's coming he back. Cause that's that. when he becomes Definitely a soulless not. husk. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, you know, we didn't say that line when he comes, he goes, he says, uh, fuck. What's, Oh no! I made I made a note of it. Hold on, what he says right after he makes a bio cop. I think because I thought it was really funny. He turns him into the bio cop, and then he says to them, "Uh, here another contestant for your game of nonsense." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great line. Um, no, it's favorite kill I think is the dude in suspended animation and uh, Luke knocking him over and him burst into a million chunks of flesh and saying thank you. Yeah. It's just so fucking crazy. That's why I was like, all right, this movie's going to 11. 
Yeah, and it opens with that basically. I mean, that's other well, than decapitations. Yeah, that's the first one where it's like a supernatural death. It's so good. You know, the eyes spinning is such a cool effect. I can't wait to see what this director does next. You should see The Void. The Void was I really did. cool. Oh. That's great. Oh, is Hogan said that in The Void? It's very love. Hogan, you should I see The Void. I ended up at uh, Video Warehouse and watched it, though. Andrew. They had a Video Warehouse? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Nice. I might have rented it there, too. Oh, <gasps> your copy's been in Nate's player. How well, cute. Well, it's probably the other way around. <laughs> oh. I think Hogan's been in my player. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's pretty good. Yeah, Void is cool. Uh, Void's like a... I think a cooler concept than it is the execution, but it's you. When we're talking a little bit while we're waiting for you to get here, Nate Hogan and I were talking. Oh, a thanks bit. for bringing that up. <laughs> oh. uh, and um, Hogan comment like, so Hogan just checked out Manborg for the first time this uh, week. Yeah, I watched it right before I came over here. Is it on anything? Uh, it's on anything. Oh, cool. And uh. Hogan was like, "Oh, watching that is like seeing like bad taste versus like dead alive. Like, 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 like that's what you're comparing to like early Jackson yeah, versus some, you know, um, and like I, leaps and bounds, you know, right? But like Manborg is you can see what he's trying to do. It's fun, but you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. right, missing some. The void's like the middle ground. It's like getting chops, but the void he co-directed with someone else, right. so it's not hundred percent him. Huh. It's like one, yeah, but uh." Yeah, it's it's cool. It's I mean, it's like this weird cult thing, and like they take over a hospital, and like they're trying to bring about like end the world like kind of shit. It's just yeah, it's fucking cool. It's fun. There's awesome practical effects in it. I would say like Psycho Gorman's like Jackson's brightness, you know, and then yeah. Manboard is like bad. <laughs> yeah, but Bad <laughs> yeah. Taste is your all time favorite Dude, movie. I fucking love that movie. I'm you wear saying. that your Bad Taste hat all the time. I'm just saying, you, out of you love it. Like, You're always rapping. All of those, you know, like well, it's just like how you can uh, say. Sodom's obsessed by cruelty is not a very well recorded album, but you can still love it. Oh yeah, you no, know? absolutely, it's totally, just like that. <laughs> Lo-fi. It's like uh, there's something wrong with it, but I also like it. Uh, so okay, since this is the tenth episode, I was gonna say we should do a shout out to some people that have helped out on the podcast along the way. We haven't necessarily called out a lot. Um, first off, uh, Levi Beal. Who designed our logo and our sticker? Thanks, Thanks Levi. Levi. Yeah, uh, and if any of you want Jeez, to get one of those cool up. stickers, can't talk until you touch a girl's butt. Oh, oh. remember that one? <laughs> oh. You guys didn't do that one. Uh, if you want to check out uh, Levi's work, you can find him on Instagram. Uh, his handle is designum underscore bestiary. Um, so, yeah, do that again <laughs> without a question bestiary. mark. <laughs> Isn't it? Or is it bestiary? It's bestiary. I like, should I change it, it to beast. I know. Uh, so, <laughs> how's it spelled? It's like the word design with U M behind it underscore B E S T I A R Y. It is bestiary. Sorry. So design them underscore bestiary. <laughs> but anyways, uh, <laughs> check out his work. It's what cool. up, Levi? Woo! And, bestiary. Uh, Use a beast. <laughs> and uh, if you'd like to get one of uh, our Frights on shirts, you can get them at the Media Crypt site. And uh, every order comes with one of our stickers, too. So you can enjoy Levi's work on your body and on whatever you put the sticker on. Uh, your body. <laughs> you put that on your body, too. Forehead. And uh, send us a picture of you in that fancy shirt. Uh, or or of your body with your sticker on it. <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> you get stickers like Pasties. 
Oh, man. If you have underwear on, we're disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also shout out to uh, Ian Williams um, for the audio assist with uh, Final Mix and Master of Every Episode. Um, he has a couple cool music projects you can check out. He plays in a cool surf group called the Surf Zombies. And he also has a pretty cool dub solo project if you're in dub music uh, called Prince Fletcher. So you can check that out on streaming services. Um, really talented guy, really cool guy. Um, helps make our podcast sound nice. Uh, and also want to shout Jeremy Burns. Uh, he's a longtime friend of mine who has helped out with uh, getting our website uh, up and running. Uh, check out his work at 25-56.com. So shout those three people. Thanks for helping out with the podcast. Thank you, guys. Thanks. And also, yeah. Hey, Greg. <laughs> Thank you. What? Yeah. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> Oh, yeah, thank yeah, thank yeah. you guys. Th- thank you, thank thanking each other for just talking. Thank each Fest 2021. <laughs> just a big thank circle. Also, shout to Phil Young, uh, my life partner, <laughs> my partner in the night stories, my spooky music synth project, um, uh, for co-writing and producing the uh, Fright Zone theme song that you hear at the beginning and end of every episode. Uh, you can check out Night Stories on streaming services as well, or you can buy our vinyl records at bloodgushingrecords.com. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I thought we should acknowledge those people. Ten, ten episodes in, so and yeah. oh, let's also acknowledge the listeners. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, thanks, guys. We do appreciate it. it yeah, we do. It, thanks it a lot. Makes it fun. We'd appreciate more though if you left us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Oh, just leave some views man god damn it what are you doing that you can't do that we want you to start multiple email accounts leave multiple (laughs) reviews make them slightly different but all positive (laughs) thank you for doing that (laughs) in advance (sighs) yeah that was fun well what are you doodling over there hogan Mm, dicks nervous doodling I can't tell if they're dicks or balls, <laughs> but they're definitely shaft related. <laughs> I just texted Hogan the other night about about dicks. Oh, uh, one of the first times he and I hung out after I moved back to Iowa, and we're at a Christmas party, oh, and there yeah. was a bunch of balloons, and then we, and uh, he and I like did not socialize main the airport this party and talked about movies and shit like the entire night but then we started drawing at some point we got sharpies and started drawing we were taking all penises the balloons, all the balloons. The room and just drawing dicks on them <laughs> that's what you do oh nice. man they were like kind of they were like at that point where like there wasn't enough helium in them for them to, for them to like float up the ceiling so they were kind of like float around the room yeah <laughs> it's we just drew so we just drawing faces penises and dicks all over them all Floating all over the room. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that also like to say that this has been a lot of fun doing this show. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if it was just that pre-quarantine we were just too busy. Or for me personally, it was that I'm not a huge fan of the sound of my voice. Um, That's why I changed the sound of your voice with every episode. I pitch shift it. Yeah, make it sound. No one one who's listening to shows heard Nate's real voice. You might think you have, but it's actually been heavily manipulated by some digital trickery. It sounds like some, it's like a slow fart. That's what it really sounds like. It is. It's really hard for Hogan and I to understand him sometimes. I can't even think of that. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun to do. It's a good excuse to. like look into the movies and just research it and just yeah. like it take it makes you take a different angle 
And now the movies that like we've done on this, I'll remember more than a lot of other ones just yeah. because of the fact that I spent more time thinking about them. It is really fun in this show. I mean, it's, it's fun to hang out. It's fun to talk movies with you guys. Um, and I guess, Hey, our listeners don't know this, but this podcast was kind of born out of, um, COVID. well, born out of COVID, <laughs> but it came from, we were, uh, starting to do these, um, Friday Night Frights, these little, yeah, bi-monthly movie showings at beautiful Franklin Plaza Bar Shop here in Des Moines, Iowa, the barbershop that Hogan owns, Um, which if you're in Des Moines... Cut that shit. (laughs) I mean, if you live here in Des Moines and need a haircut, it is now. (laughs) But uh, we were doing bi-monthly horror double features there, and I feel like we just kind of got to the point where we kind of knew the rhythm and people were starting to come, and literally the the next like the first event of 2020 we've invested we, in postcards yeah, and had all the yeah. movies that we were going to play all year <laughs> I think on we it. did one didn't we yeah we did the first January. one yeah yeah and then we were supposed to have the second one which was march or whatever yeah. or april it was gonna be april oh, fool's march. day and something it was i thought yeah, it was every other month so yeah january and we were getting ready to do it and then it was like oh everything's shining down i guess we're not doing this <laughs> yeah but that's when we were like, oh, let's do the podcast instead. I got I got a studio at home. You guys can come over. And we can just talk about movies. And it's been really fun. So so now our listeners, 10 episodes in, know the origin of the Fright Zone. Mm-hmm. It's also where Hordak hangs out a lot. Yeah. I might have some Fright Zone parts. There was a bummer moment today where, like, I went to Freddy's room and I just, like, looked at, like, what was where. And I was just like, hey, Freddy, like, do you even care about this He-Man stuff anymore? And he's like, no. I'm like, you don't want any of it? No. And I was like, you realize that I got you Gray Skull and Snake Mountain for Christmas and that that was just a few months ago. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. I guess like Snake Mountain, uh, Fright Zone, fucking gray skull like bunch of vehicles maybe 25 figures most of them complete it's just like dude well, come on man if you have any parts to spare hogan just needs the tabs for his fright zone well i have one for you because i need one yeah, mine right. didn't come with tabs either and i also if you have not already i might have a that spare puppet i might have a puppet a real puppet a real puppet whoa did you see my new crazy like glass one? one that's really cool Dude, if that guy ever puts him back up, you should get it. Oh, I he only took got it down. Well, he there, he, he makes them like by hand. Oh, okay. Like I think that that cat's making shit like how like Emily makes stuff in your basement. Like right. I mean, like it, it's like all hand done. He's forging it. Which, it's, by the way, the dude you told me about to get the doors for the firehouse yeah. never fucking got back to me, and I messaged him like four times. Huh. And that's on you. That is on me. <laughs> I referred you to him. Thanks, he Greg. Let you down. This will be the last episode of the Fright Zone. Yeah, <laughs> Guess that guy's just content hanging out at his house with all the doors he's not sending out. <laughs> he's got a room full of doors. I will find you some doors. I got this. Uh, so what we're talking about right now for the listeners here is uh, Hogan got the classic Kenner Ghostbusters Fire Station playset for very, very cheap, but he needs the doors. So if anyone listening has spared doors to the fire station playset and be willing to spare them, hit us up uh, on Instagram. It's at Fright Zone Podcast or go to thefrightzone.com and use the form there to send us an email. And hell, you can send us email not even about the Ghostbusters. Send us any emails, uh, questions, um, 
You know, if you ask us some questions, we'll answer them on the episode for you um, or recommend some movies for us or just tell us you hate us. Or again, if you're Will Smith, let us know how you're doing because we're worried about you. I can only tell Jay to know so many times. <laughs> JPS has been slipping in those media crypt DMs, guys. That's right. <laughs> and it's not to buy a t-shirt. <laughs> How was Menace to the Society there tonight? I'm still waiting to watch it. I thought oh. I had it. So my brother was over. We were watching something. I posted that mm. thinking we were going to double feature it. And then mm. he took off. So I was like, I'm going to watch it next Tuesday. Take off, hoser. What did we watch? We watched. Uh... Fuck, I watched way too many movies, you know? So we don't have our Patreon up yet. We'll do that soon, hopefully. We need to figure out some design stuff for some of the items we want to offer up to Patreon uh, patrons or subscribers. I don't know what you fucking call them. Patreon Are they... patrons. Patreon patrons. Excellent. So once we uh, get some design stuff figured out, uh, we will get that set up. So keep listening. We'll definitely announce it on an episode when it's ready to rock. Um, you got anything cool happening in the media crypt? Kickboxers, and then I'm doing a collaboration with Tapes from the Crypt. We're doing Code of Silence. Nice. And that one will have a shirt, a woven blanket, and I think that's it. Maybe a hat. Woven blankets have started to show up all over the place, and they're not like super cheap to make, but you can still add a few bucks and make them profitable enough to be making them. So, yeah, should be cool. Other than that, I I have other ones on deck for later, but they're, they're f- so far out. I'm sure we'll record another episode <laughs> before I do another shirt. Well, what I would say to the listener, we're still recording, that is. Yeah. <laughs> tell a friend, uh, post about it on social media. Um, if you like the show, just, yeah, like, even if it's just like you just mention it to someone you know that likes movies or you put it in your story or whatever, it's just gets new people listening and if there's more people listening we'll make more content yes like if those numbers start going up we'll start making more stuff i have a friend who absolutely hates movies and he listens to podcasts just because he likes no oh, nice we like you too listener like guy <laughs> robeson oh, i know that guy <laughs> robeson <laughs> uh he's in his house that's how hogan and i met we're at robeson's wedding and I noticed he had a. I noticed Hogan had a Bookhouse Boy tattoo. It's before Twin Peaks was cool again, and I was like, "Holy fuck, Bookhouse Boys!" And he's like, "No one ever knows what this is." And that's <laughs> when we just talked the whole wedding. <laughs> yeah, fuck this wedding. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know who this fucking Robeson guy is. I actually don't think I did. I think that's how I met first. Time I met Robeson too, because this is early in Jill and I's dating. She's like, "You like should me this him. wedding." Yeah. yeah. He's like, "Okay." I hate those early dating. Like, I remember this girl I dated in junior high took me to a fucking family reunion really nope it's like we hadn't even fucked yet you know <laughs> it's just like, she was like we're going to this family reunion you'd be like and this is where you live. it was out of state oh fuck Whoa. Man, i rode in a car you with went? her out of state i nope. went you'd be like oh i have to help my dad with something this weekend yeah, and we yeah. never did actually have sex <laughs> even after all that after all that i was putting in the work son dang <laughs> it just yeah. Didn't pay off. Nope. I don't even remember her name, so probably, probably for the better. She was kind of weird. Who isn't, though? I think we're all a little weird. 
Definitely not any of us. We're three very normal people. Yeah. <laughs> so always remember to brush, brush and flush. Yeah. There's way Coming more soon, involved in your teeth than people think. Mm-hmm. Like plaque can kill you. Plaque can clog arteries. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of teeth talk this episode. Yeah. yeah. You should have we all have them. <laughs> Maybe that should be. We like good dental birds. hygiene. <laughs> That, that will be one of our Patreon right, so Yeah. If you, if you were mad when you went to the Plastic Meatball website <laughs> and were unable to obtain a PG toothbrush, you may in the future be able to get a Fright Zone. We one. got you covered. Yep. Brush them shits. I'll look into that. Flouse. You're on it? Yep. Making the toothbrushes? All right. Somebody makes them. <laughs> but we're only going to make them with the hardest bristles. I'm going so to whittle them out of Make your teeth bleed when you brush them. Yeah. I'm going to whittle them out of wood, and the brushes will be horse hair. <laughs> <laughs> can you just make a can, different length? Can the handle itself just be made out of a piece of rusted metal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get tetanus as you brush your teeth. No, also, remachine everything in the factory for the rest of the rusty window cages. But yeah, which are you know, if any of you listeners have been wondering about where the rusty window cage factory is located, um, the other half of Hogan's basement that's not the video bunker that you've seen on TikTok <laughs> is actually just a rusty window cage factory. Mm-hmm. So, I was going to tell you guys, I actually did get, uh, you know, I saw about how we should have listeners email us, um, but. Oh, did we get an email? No, we did get a direct message from a listener who um, bought a, a bidet after listening to the last episode. They were inspired by the last episode. <laughs> really? Nice. Um, and uh, said, I would write an ode to our new bidet, but it doesn't look like it'll happen today. Instead, I'll share this SNL skit, which is infinitely funnier now than a week and a half ago when I listened to the last pod. Enjoy, and thanks for being the catalyst for enjoyable pooping in Mikasa. And it's a YouTube uh, link to an SNL sketch about bidets. Oh, so we can, watch that. We'll watch it. So, hey, if any of your listeners uh, Bob bidet because Nate washed his butthole last episode, <laughs> send us a message. Send, uh, let us know how it's going. I have washed it since as well. That wasn't, oh. that wasn't the last time oh. I washed it. I thought it was the well, first time you'd God. washed your butt in your entire life. Ever. <laughs> All right. I thought that based on the smell. <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. wash your buttholes. Stay spooky. Rake up those leaves and get them in those bags, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs>